Hello and welcome to the Seventh Circle of Film. I'm your host, Kieran, and joining me today is Steph. How you doing, man? I'm not too bad, mate. You? Yeah, not bad. Getting through lockdown. <laughs> One crappy horror film at a time. So yeah, uh, I think jump straight into it. Starting with a bit of a bang for the start of the podcast with Hostel. Bit infamous in early Gorebourne stuff. And obviously you got Eli Roth as well. Quite a stylized director. Uh, if I told you this was probably one of his least stylized films, his least Eli Roth-like film, would that surprise you? To be fair, I don't watch a lot of Eli Roth's films in general, so I couldn't really give a shit. But this was an experience, at least. That's about as much as I can say for it at the moment. <laughs> and yeah, it's other stuff. Uh, you've got Cabin Fever where he's got a character that goes around shooting squirrels because they're gay. And you've got Green Inferno, the only other one I've seen, which has got a two-minute diarrhea scene. Okay. It's different. You've sold me on watching those two films now. Jeez, yeah, one's terrible. Cam Thieves yeah. all right. That guy who shoots squirrels because they're gay is actually the hero. Oh. Eli Roth, pretty much, I think, the frat douche of the director world. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, mind you. I always kind of... if. Spielberg and Tarantino a fine wine uh, Eli Roth is like a cheap bottled cider efficient consumed almost entirely by students and fucking horrible to take down <laughs> at the start yeah it makes sense actually friends with Tarantino he produced Hostel 1 and 2 yeah I did see Tarantino's name in the first uh, couple and I was like oh Tarantino's involved with this and then I watched it I was like Tarantino's <laughs> not involved in this <laughs> Well, yeah, beyond that as well, apparently uh, David Lynch was involved with the first one. Okay. Which, yeah, nice. he's obviously not credited, and apparently he thought it was so terrible, uh, along with Cabin Fever, he was originally meant to be involved with, that he wanted his name expunged from any record, which yeah. just goes to show how good it is. Yeah, I don't blame him. If that's the case, probably a good move. <laughs> so, yeah, jumping into Hostel 1, uh, talk about Eli Roth. It's starring Jay Hernandez, who the only other real big thing he's done is play El Diablo in Suicide Squad. I think he did a pretty good job in that. He did a pretty good job in this, to be fair, playing Paxton. Uh, also starring Derek Richardson, who, unsurprisingly, his only other role is Harry Dunn in the Dumber and Dumber sequel, which I've, I've not seen. I was going to say, I recognised a few people in the first, and actually I've recognised one person in the second, no, two people in the second one as well. I recognised those two, I just don't remember what I've seen them in. So it was kind of a surprise going, oh, I know these two, but it, well, a very, it's a fully paid production film, but it looks like it was recorded by a student that was like, ah, I need this to pass a grade. Yeah, it's How... definitely not saw quality. It's got the same gritty yeah. feel, but it's not quite at the same level. And saw, saw's a bottle, that's a lot harder to film. Yeah. Obviously, part of the gore porn, one of the progenitors of that, really, was after the 90s, you've got absolute crap, like, I Know What You Did Last Summer, and Scream, which is great, obviously Scream's great, but it's sort of parody on horror uh, and Eli Roth he wanted to push horror back into more some more serious outlook Christ knows how he thought Hostel was serious uh, and so yeah the gore porn genre was born gore porn should be said if you haven't watched this film it's taken in almost a literal sense in the most PG possible take of the term in that there's gore and a softcore porno for about 50 yeah, minutes yeah actually 
I was going to bring that up, but literally it fe- felt like the first 30 minutes of each film was literally just like, here's a pair of tits, here's another pair of tits. It literally just felt like, yeah, just keep watching, you'll get to it, but just to keep you watching, here's a pair, here's a pair of tits. Yeah, it goes on and on. I, in most films, in horror films especially, you need that opening segment, like in the screen, perfect 10 minutes, a girl's killed at the start. You have the phone call, you set the tone. The first 30 minutes of this are just dreadful. Yeah, fair enough. I understand that Like the the first 30 minutes, it's a, it's a setup for what's going to happen. But when it finally did happen, it was like, okay, that guy's just dead now. And then next guy comes along, okay, this one can escape. It's kind of how it felt. And then like even towards the end of the film, it was just, hmm. Yeah, with this, I think I watched like a different version of it from what's supposed to be in the UK at the moment. Professionalism, always. The end that I got was he kidnapped the girl, got onto the train, and got away. Oh yeah, we should denote for anyone listening. Uh, oh yeah. Spoilers ahoy! If you're watching this film for the plot, I, yeah. I don't care. Getting spoiled, and you deserve yeah, to get it. Spoiled. We're saving you the hassle of having to watch this, so. You should thank us, really. That kind of softcore porno intro, 30 minutes, really didn't need to be that long. The characters are the most bare bone. You have the slightly shy, nerdy kid who you know is going to get offed almost immediately for attempted sympathy. You've got uh, the main character, Paxton, who is a frat douche. And you've got some guy they met in Iceland. Yeah. Oh, my God. I've... I want to bring that up because if I if I ever go backpacking, I meet a random stranger. Stranger, I'm not gonna go. Hey, do you want to stay in a hostel with me? Just willy nilly. I maybe it's just me. I'm just antisocial or whatnot. But I was watching that and I was like, why would you just meet up with someone? I think yeah. I think in the film it's like, yeah, we met this guy in Barcelona. Oh, it's not only that. Tagged he tagged along and we took him I to a like, strip club. Why? We got him like to watch us get laid. It's the weirdest shit. Yeah, uh, and obviously after that they try to get the nerdy kid laid he doesn't because it's fucking weird to get laid in front of all your friends yeah I mean I've never been to uh, uh, Amsterdam and it's one of the few places that I wouldn't want to go uh, it's, it's the same as uh, Las Vegas well, the third film's put me off Las Vegas for life I think <laughs> by the way I've forgotten every one of their names so I know you said Paxton. I, I remember he's the Asian guy. Uh, yeah, um, he's uh, Jay Hernandez. One of the, I think, the only good actor. And I've, yeah. I've got, I remember a couple of them. I remember the Asian girl, Kana. But they're so forgettable. I wouldn't blame you in the slightest. Most of them aren't even maybe, named. Maybe Ollie? Maybe that's the name of the Icelandic dude? Yeah. Yeah, that's I the one I forgot. I can't remember the nerdy guy. But I mean, but, you, yeah, you said you wouldn't take an Icelandic guy over to Amsterdam. So I presume then you wouldn't listen to a random guy in Amsterdam who tells you about a place to find a load of girls in the middle of yeah, Eastern yeah. Europe. Yeah, this war-torn country of Vakia, Bosnia, I don't know. But it's like, yeah, I know where you can get girls. I'll say, I'll show you these pictures and specifically not show you that they're from this place. I'll just you just have to trust my word that they're from here. I met all these birds, they're gagging for it, mate. 
Even more so than in Amsterdam where they're literally showing their tits in windows. You'd want to go here. Trust me. Why go to yeah. Eastern Europe when you've got Amsterdam around you? It's at least a nice city. You go to this absolute crap hole. No offence to Eastern Europeans. Yeah, they, get, they get off the train. You see in the film, it's not a great looking place. Over this depressive like countryside and all that. And then they have to take a taxi for like another... I don't know how long it is in the film, but it looks like another two, three hours to get to this place where this dude was talking about. Whereas by that time, they could have gone back to the red light district like three, four times, maybe. Yeah, you've got some guy talking about the local industry. I mean, I'm sure it's fascinating to someone. I can't imagine it's fascinating to the (laughs) Z-list cast of American Pie. To be fair, it's the whole scene where the... They're on the train, and uh, this dude gets in, and he's literally from the place that they go into, and he's like, yeah, yeah, my daughter's six years old and whatnot. And then this Icelandic dude that they had, they've been travelling with for, I don't know, they picked him up in Barcelona, so I'd assume for a while. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I've, I've, here's my daughter. And they'll turn around and like, I didn't know you had a daughter. If you don't know the person that well, why are you travelling with them? I'm like... <laughs> completely forgot about that it's just like oh, your daughter you think that would come up in conversation like the first time you meet the guy yeah 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 it's like oh yeah what do you do yeah I'm I'm doing this I've got a daughter I'm looking after a daughter because my wife is pissed off or whatnot that's 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 how a normal conversation goes at least where I'm from I, mean, I suppose you wouldn't do that but... in between courses of the uh, Amsterdam delight but at some point a restaurant yeah, going out for a meal, going out for a few drinks. It would come up eventually. What yeah. the hell were they talking about? Yeah. I mean, they had Barcelona... I think I think yeah. it was Barcelona anyway, but they said that they met in Barcelona and then travelled to Amsterdam. So they, they've had time together. So they, this could have just come up in natural conversation at some point instead of just going, oh, yeah, this dude's got a kid. Oh, I've got a kid here. Here's my picture. And, like... Uh, what? And yeah, I don't know if that was just an attempt at a kind of exposition of they don't know each other. It was done so poorly. It, you could have really easily just said, oh yeah, we met in Barcelona and came here. I don't know if it was attempt at that or if it was an attempt to try and gain sympathy for when the dude does friggin' peg it, but it was like you've literally just slapped me in the face with a picture of your daughter and now you're dead. It's like... What the, uh? It's like you don't have time to react to what's actually being given to you before, like anything happens with it. So it feels to me like you don't gain enough time getting to know the person or, or getting to like the people in general. Like I was watching the film and I was like, yeah, I'm okay with these people dying. Yeah, I mean, you you watch them for a good like, thirty it, minutes, forty minutes before everything starts. But most of that is taken up with them sleeping with Eastern Europeans and an Italian. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Uh, the nerd guy that I've completely forgotten the name of, which is fine. You don't need to remind me. I'm, I'm not that interested. Oh, I can't remember. But... I've got no idea. <laughs> but I genuinely felt like when he was in the chair and all that, I was like, okay, so when's he going to escape? And then... Obviously, he fucking doesn't. And then they go, oh yeah, this douchebag that you've been watching for the last god knows how long. 
he's the one that's supposed to he's the like true antagonist or protagonist sort of thing and I was like I mean I think that oh, might be a side product you haven't seen Eli Roth films before and you haven't met Eli Roth uh, or seen him do his podcast and stuff online he is a frat douche absolutely he's like, almost 100% the personality of uh, Paxton oh right so basically he thinks he'd yeah, so in Cabin Fever is the hero of the film as close as you can get to the hero of the film is the guy who shoots squirrels because they're gay yeah, yeah. As I said this is the least okay. Eli Roffy film he restrains himself a little uh, a lot honestly oh, wow okay it's yeah it's incredible uh, the lengths he'll go in some films it's staggering <laughs> yeah on the going back to the train uh, obviously that's it's one of the villains I think the the main face and I, I yeah. quite liked him as an actor I think he did a pretty good job uh, that's one thing I do like about the Hostel series they could have quite easily made all of the villains all of the clients of this organisation complete psychopaths they were just happy to kill and they yeah. could have made them faceless just you know with masks on uh, and killed away but I think they do a good job of showing a little bit of variety certainly in the second film uh, it's inconsistent yeah, yeah, in the second, second film but they, they do go into uh, variations in how people see this organisation as clients and you see yeah. it yeah in this one you've got uh, Dutch gentleman who isn't named uh, who talks about vegetables for some reason uh, both at the start and the end of the film at least in the cut I saw see he was talking about meat on the train for me he was like uh, he was saying that uh, Paxton's Paxton was saying that he's a vegetarian because you know I'm vegetarians and then the dude was like no I need I need to have my meat and he was like do you want to do you want to have a fork with that and he was like no I prefer using my hands for me, the the I don't want to say BBEG, but like the the main bad guy at the end of that, when he said that, oh, he he was a yeah, uh, he wanted to be a surgeon but couldn't pass the bar because he had uh, shakes in his hands. I'm I understand that. That well, I don't understand that, but it makes for a reasonable like reason why he's actually doing this it made thing. Doctor Strange a very different film if it had gone down that route yeah <laughs> yeah just merge the second half of Doctor uh, uh, second half of uh, this with the first half of Doctor Strange yeah no god do that just watch 20 minutes 30 <laughs> minutes of Doctor Strange and then put Benedict Cumberbatch's face over this surgeon and improve <laughs> it vastly uh, yet yeah. They get to this Eastern European town, which probably actually my favourite part of the film, uh, minus some of the torture scenes, which are fairly tastefully done. Some of them, amazingly, some of it's actually redacted. They, uh, yeah, they're restrained, weirdly, but yeah, in the town itself, there's a few little details that are mildly interesting. The hostel itself, I don't think the owner knows what the hell's going on, which was just weird he doesn't seem to have a clue he keeps saying oh they're left they they taken all their stuff they checked out that was bizarre see i got a different feeling from that i the way it seemed to me especially watching like the second ones and what well the second one it seemed like he was in on it like he was like he was basically like uh obviously he took their passports and basically he was scanning them to basically show what product they were bringing in or what 
people. Oh, in the second one, definitely. It's explicitly stated. In the first one, though, I don't think he had any clue. I think it was just retroactively rewritten in a, oh, crap, this is completely insane. I don't know, because, like, their bags, like, uh, when Paxton went back, because he passed out in, like, at one part of it, he passed out in the store closet of a bar, and they couldn't find him, and then he went back to the hostel. He had the dude's bag behind maybe you're right maybe i'm maybe i'm just reading too much into it and took too much from the second film but he had the bag behind the counter and he was just like no no your friends pa- uh, checked out and you checked out earlier i don't know maybe i am reading I too should much into just it. touch on that yeah he passed out in a storage closet where the two uh two women they meet in this town in eastern europe i don't know if it's if the country's mentioned i think it's just some random slightly creepy eastern european town a la dracula but far less interesting these two yeah women they meet up with the guys one from italy one from i think somewhere in eastern europe as well and they uh sort of escort them for two days they take them to different parties and stuff they sleep with them i feel this process could be made a lot easier with just having two burly guys beat the crap out of them and take them off yeah, it feels like they. Like yeah, I know what you mean, because they they have big burly guys watching over them when they're in like strapped to the chairs and whatnot. So I don't see why they couldn't just go, "Hey, you, you go out and get." And, that I mean, you guy. find out both in this film, the police are in on it, so they could quite easily yeah. have just gone into the room, beat the crap out of them, and drag them. And you find out in the second film that that whole town is pretty much in on it, including for some reason a bizarre raving band of psychopathic children uh, I mean all children are psychopaths at that age and I can only imagine what sort of children you'd make in a town like this but yet yeah, in a bizarre very Eli Roth-esque thing they have this completely pointless little subpart with a load of kids that go around mugging people yeah um I don't know exactly what the deal is with them. I think I think the actors, the kids themselves, did a very good job. Oh yeah, they're the first kid actors that I didn't hate in a film. No, I mean it might have just been that they were what? kicking the crap out of the protagonist, and that immediately gets me on side in Hostel. Oh yeah, you, you mug yeah. these pricks. Yeah, most likely. <laughs> I yeah, the first couple of scenes with them, it's like give me a dollar, and then the dude's like yeah you better give them a dollar because they will fuck you up and then obviously they do and literally every time they turn up they're like yeah just give them give them the fucking dollar but again going into like the second one it seems like they're working with the people that are running yeah, the hostel or too. at least some sort of like mutual respect between the leader of the hostel who's some sort of like world renowned guy and them this kid is, is going places yeah it's yeah, this kid's making deals that like, are way behind him at this at this point, and all he's asking for is bubble gum and a dollar, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I give, with that, I give Eli Roth some credit. It's one of the few interesting things, really, in the whole series, mostly because of the kids, because they are actually pretty scary in how they're acted. You feel threatened by these, like, yeah. six-year-olds, seven, eight-year-olds, I think, somewhere roughly around there. Yeah, yeah, they must be about six, seven, eight-ish. That's literally if the film was literally these kids are gonna fucking murder you. Oh I'd yeah, I'll watch that. I'd be uh, okay. Yeah, I'd be like, all right, 
these kids are fucking psychopaths if you don't give them bubblegum or a dollar or something. But They should aim higher, really. Yeah, but it's literally... The basic premise of this film is literally stupid people get lured in by women that want to basically get money. And basically these women sell these people to the people that run the hostel to basically use as like a torture subject for whoever pays the highest. And literally every part of this film could be streamlined to literally, alright, guys go out, knock people out, bring them back. Yeah, I saw, basically. It could be streamlined to saw. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it basically is literally just a poor man's saw film. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say Eli Roth is pretty much a poor man's James Wan as well. He can't quite reach that epilogue. I respect the man. He, he puts in a lot of work, but Jesus, mate, don't write and direct. We haven't even got to... Like... Well, yeah, the film hadn't. The film's got about, what, four hours left before it gets towards the torture point as well. So, whoever's <laughs> listening to this, I'm torturing you with having to talk about this. If I had to go through it, you have to go through it as well. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's a fair compromise. If anyone's listening to this and then like, hmm, maybe I should watch it to get my own opinion, do not. Because we are saving you the trouble of having to watch 30 minutes of just dickheads. Z-list American for... Pie. Yeah, yeah, pretty much a Z-list American play, and then the last like forty, last like hour maybe is literally just I don't know. Uh, Yeah, uh, even yeah, skip forward because she's it's pretty much that you watch three guys sleep with two girls, a load of eight-year-olds mug them, and they go to one thing I do want to mention actually, they go to a torture museum. I presume because Eli Roth realised, oh shit, this is really boring. We need to put something in here to make it slightly horrific. Yeah, but dude, that was boring too. Literally. Oh yeah, hugely. I'm not saying it was effective. They go into the the torture uh, museum to look for their missing Icelandic friend that sent them a picture of him and it looks like See, I thought they sent a picture and they were standing in front of the Eiffel Tower and I was like, how the hell did they get to Paris that quickly? And then later in the film, it's like, no, they were just standing in front of a um, like smoke pylon. They've got some stock images, the uh, hostel guys in the back, of just, yeah, oh, we've yeah. got the Eiffel Tower, we've got Hawaii Volcano, <clears throat> we've got Tropical Island. You, you take your pick. You get the, you get the body, <laughs> put them in front. I... I don't know if they were alive at this point, but they looked moody as fuck. Yeah, I mean, I don't know quite how they got that shot. Were they, like, stuffed and shoved up the front? It seems like a lot of effort. I presume Yeah. it was under, like, pain of death. We take a picture of you now, you stand there, or we're going to kill you. And then, obviously, they kill him anyway. It was never quite that well explained. Yeah, and it doesn't come up in literally any other film. There's no other... F- like, the second and third one aren't, like... Hey, we're here. Don't worry about us, sort of thing. Uh, the third one, sort of. They have a guy sends a text just to capture them. In oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the second I one, it happens as it should happen. A load of big burly guys get them immediately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In the most yeah, uh, the easiest way of doing it. You got the torture uh, museum, and they walk through it. At the end of it. 
they see an Eastern European who's wearing the jacket of their mate who's got the Icelandic symbol on. Uh, yeah, which is actually <laughs> his friend's cult, which I, at this point I'm like, is the dude trying to lure them into the the museum? Was that what he tried to do and then do nothing? Yeah, he, he kind of had to walk him around because they saw him, went in, followed him around it, and he just he didn't look at anything. He just continued yeah. walking through it like he was trying to lose them, but then waited at the exit. Yeah, like you see him pass like pass through these like roller gate sort of thing uh, to get through, and then they reach through, grab him, and they're like, he's like, uh, "Excuse me, can you get off my fucking coat?" And I'm like, "All right, either this dude is literally a random dude that ha- coincidentally has the same jacket, which, by the way, isn't explained, or." He's a dude that's trying to lure them in there, but when he does lure them in there, there's nothing that happens, so why did he bother? You see, I mean, it's ridiculous saying he has the same jacket, but that's what I want to believe. It's the <laughs> only thing that makes sense, somehow, that this yeah. random Eastern European happens to be an Iceland fan and has the same jacket <laughs> for some reason. Because otherwise, it's he's just walked through a torch museum for his daily walk, his daily exercise. Yeah, he paid for admission, just walked through and was like, yeah, fuck it, I'm gone now. I, I really do reckon that Sea Laura thinking, oh shit, we've got to put something in here because otherwise yeah, people are going to be filler. really angry. It's going to be a short film if we don't do this, guys. But yeah, you, after that, uh, stuff actually starts kicking off, thank God. I'm not saying the film gets good, but you have the nerdy kid, he gets captured and starts getting tortured by the earlier Dutch guy uh, who's talking about the meat on the train and stuff which I think is probably the best scene in the film I said it's it's very reserved a lot of the uh, violence and a lot of the torture here which is surprising given the rest of the film yeah actually that there is that little scene in the the train that kind of brings back to this scene where he's like he uh He's talking about how he wants to touch his meat and like, uh, like he he like gropes the dude on the train and the dude freaks out. But the dude that touched him is more like, no, I just wanted to feel what I'm gonna be like fucking killing soon. I wanted to get yeah. like a, a a feel of what I'm gonna be dissecting, sort of thing. And it wasn't exactly subtle, but. Props for yeah. foreshadowing, I suppose. Yeah, it wasn't subtle, but it threw me. I genuinely thought that dude's just a creep, and then obviously it came brand. He was the the dude that was going to kill him, and I was like, oh, okay, that's why he was doing that. It it wasn't like a massive payoff, but it was it was something, I guess. <laughs> and when you get but, to the actual torture, it's surprisingly tastefully done, I think. You get like shots of him grabbing the scalpel and he cuts uh, his ankles. Yeah. Uh, and you see it for a couple seconds, but it doesn't hold on it. The effects, yeah. not bad for 2005, I've got to say. Yeah. Like, he drills through like the meat of his thighs and stuff like that. And like, he pulls the drill away and puts it back onto the table. There's like little bits of like flesh and stuff still on the drill. I'm not very good at many things. But I feel like I could recreate that, and it, it's not a bad thing. It's it's decent. Like minimalism is always for me the little you show, 
the scarier something is because it's like that's why I like the Evil Dead. You never see what's chasing Ash through the woods, and that's fucking terrifying. Uh, yeah, but, I mean that was possibly both of them a budgetary thing. Yeah, I, I understand that. That's fine, but for me, it's like the less you show the the more horrifying something is because the worst thing that you could do to someone is just let them imagine what something's what something is. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a classic thing there. You, imagination's always going to be a lot worse than whatever practical effects. Certainly, yeah. two thousand five. Yeah, uh, can build up. But what little they did have, it was pretty good. Like, uh, well, it better be given the what you make you have to sit through, and that's pretty much what you're paying for. Yeah. I mean, like, again, he drills through the thighs, drills through, like, the meat of his legs and stuff like that. All incredibly horrifying. But he grabs a scalpel after that. I can't remember if he does something else. And the dude's uh, just asking to leave. Yeah, he. I mean, you get the standard, uh, I want to leave, uh, please don't kill me, I'm innocent. It goes on and on and on. And then, from what I remember, he slits his... Uh, no, he basically... His he, tendon? Yeah, he slits his tendons and his ankles and uh, literally unlocks his handcuffs and is like, okay, you're free to go. The dude tries to stand up and then that's when you get like a little glimpse of the uh, the back of his legs and you literally just see... You don't really see anything, but it looks like he's putting pressure on his tendon and that's literally just... It looks like they've split and then he falls to the ground and starts crawling to the door. That was really nicely done. You should yeah. see it like... It, it extends out. It looks horrible. Yeah, like you could you could imagine someone doing that and like letting you crawl to the door and it, like just thinking about crawling to the door and getting out is like weirdly it it would feel like you're I don't know crawling for hours more than anything just to get out of this like horrible situation and just the just like the thought of like. I don't know, just trying to go through all that would be fucking horrible. I think it really compounds on something the first film gets right, that the second one almost gets right and the third one doesn't get right at all. And spoilers, this is my favourite of the three. But it's gritty. It's really horrible. Grimy. Yeah. You've got uh, proper Eastern European style jail cells. It's almost like Stalin-esque. <laughs> yeah. seen, you've ever seen Death of Stalin? It almost culminates in a jail cell like that it's what you'd expect in serbia it's mm. horrible with these uh small like concrete blocks with huge metal doors uh not that much security it's not it's not as high tech as the later ones and mm. yeah it, it's fair enough because they escape later on and you think oh shit i'm gonna have to up this uh, but it, yeah. It, yeah it feels a lot more eastern european it feels a lot more gritty a lot more grimy which is something i give it a lot of credit for that's it's a lot scarier. I said it's saw one, a lot grittier, a lot grimier. It's in a bathroom stall, uh, and as you yeah. get on, it gets more and more ridiculous, and it loses that edge. Saw keeps hold of it a lot better than Hostel does. Going back to the film, like dudes crawling towards the door, it looks horrible. It looks like it's nothing good is happening at this point, and the dude's like, yeah, yeah, go. And just as he gets to the door, dude just walks up and just fucking cuts his throat. And for me, that it seems and and they always do it. Literally every horror film that I've pr- 
probably watched has done that. Oh yeah, yeah, you can escape. And then, nah, not really. It's like, well, you're not really doing anything extra here. You're just building a bit more terror for the dude to die anyway. If you got, if you were like Freddy Krueger, fine, because he feeds off fear. His he basically lives off that shit. That's fine. But what would you rather not... like? It style, pointless, five minute scenes where he taunts the kids as Tim Curry. Yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, it it culminates. You've got you get that adrenaline rush when you see him in the chair. He's in this kind of Victorian style, nineteenth century dentist chair, strapped in. Yeah, you start seeing the drill. You see his tendons cut, and that's the payoff. Really, it it's done and dusted. Just get it over with at that point. And move on to the next. I don't want to sound like some psychopath that wants to get his next fix of <laughs> someone getting slaughtered. I mean, I'm, wa- I'm watching Hostel. Now I am some psychopath that wants to get his next fix of watching someone get slaughtered. Yeah. Move on at that point. Y- you're done. You don't need to continue this on. And the Dutch guy, I should say, does a great job. He's pretty creepy. Not overly so. He's not over the top. Not snidey whiplash-esque. Uh, he's realistic. And I, I really do like him. And I think the actor who was in Dumb and Dumber, the nerdy guy, does a pretty damn good job at dying. Uh, it might just be because I hated the character. To be fair, uh, there is a bit later in the film where Paxton's escaping and he sees his body on the table. I laughed at that scene just because it, like... Because you're a psychopath. It's No, it's not even that. It was... Well, okay, maybe it is a little bit of that, but it's when the dude's trying. Like every other person that they've they've had in this film, literally as soon as they're done with the dead body, hacked up, thrown into the furnace, gone. Oh, they're very efficient. You've got to give them uh, props for cleanliness. Imagine you, five star award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all good. But with him. For some reason, they sold his lips shut, they sold the throat shut, they sold the the ankle shut, and just left him on a table for a few days. You see, I like to think that um, they didn't realise they had some sort of administration error, they didn't know that Paxton was there, and they were going to do some sort of extra picture, putting the two bodies like leaning off each other of Ollie and the nerdy guy, and say, oh yeah, we're still fine. We've, I've buggered off as well. I've found, the, uh, found uh, the Icelander. Yeah, but the dude's got stitches in his lips. <laughs> yeah, and I was thinking, like, oh, we're in some BDS and, like... dungeon in Amsterdam. <laughs> oh, yeah, where they sew lips shut and whatnot. We're all good. I'm over my ex-girlfriend, I mean, it's, as it's you can see. It's gullible say. enough. Enough of a push for these gullible morons that all travel to Eastern Europe on the whim of a man they've never met. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, we, as we go uh, on... After he's killed, which is certainly really good scene, really well done. Uh, I think Eli Roth really does show what he's good at during that. He's sitting green in front as well, and Cabin Fever. He's great at small scenes. He's just not great at the whole big picture. After that, you get uh, more scenes of the Asian girl, uh, whose name is Kana, I believe, and she's missing her friend, who's already been killed by the hostile organization, the hunter organization. Uh, and Paxton, yeah, she disappeared when the Iceland. Yeah, I can't did. remember if you see her body. I think you do get a glimpse of it. I don't know if you do. I think you see the picture that 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 gets sent to Paxton and everything of Ali, and uh, 
the Japanese woman's friend. But I don't think you see her body anywhere. No, I can't. I mean, you, I know you don't see either of them get captured. Uh, they do end up there. Spoilers. Uh, Paxton yeah. also gets captured. He goes to meet the woman that was last with the nerdy guy, and uh, he go. She goes, "Yeah, yeah, I'll show you where they are." And then she literally just, she literally just drives him over to where they get tortured, and then go. She goes, "Yeah, yeah go it's, through that it's door." It's an art gallery. And then this factory in Eastern yeah, yeah. Europe, surrounded by armed guards. Yeah, it's an art gallery. Go in. You'll be fine. It's a rundown factory that looks like it hasn't been used in centuries. But yeah, it's not. It's an art gallery. Just go in, and he asks. He asks a dude. It's like, ah, oh, what's in there? And the dude's like, I can't remember specifically what he says, but it's like, you get what you pay for, or don't. Don't you can spend all your money in there or some it's shit some, like that? Like, I hate them. These horror-style puns that they try to use. This kind of oh, you you get what you deserve in there. Yeah, yeah. It's some stupid shit like that. Yeah, he literally just walks straight in. Walks in. I can't remember if he sees one of his friends' bodies or just a random person getting tortured. And then he's he literally just turns around, starts walking back out, and then like three dudes literally just fucking grab him. Fucking handcuff him to a chair and then just like, okay, there you go. Yeah, it it goes beyond the realm of plausibility, like bloody miles. Yeah, like don't don't get me wrong. I understand you're looking for your friend. Fine, you've gone to the police. They really haven't done much. Fine, you want to go to the person that's last saw them. Again, perfectly fine. But when they take you to an abandoned factory and it's like, yeah, it's an art gallery. Don't worry, just go in there you'll be fine that is where i'm like are you 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 deserve this at this point <laughs> yeah I, at some point you think you know what i'm gonna go to interpol i'm gonna go to my embassy i'm gonna do something rather than going into the creepy factory yeah just be like you know what i'm gonna go home and then when i'm back in like the u.s or England or wherever you're from I'm probably going to get like I don't know FBI or someone to look into this because this is fucked. Yeah just get someone like fucking Liam Neeson. Get him to, get him to deal with it. Yeah it's it is fine. A, yeah. Pro tip to any things. listener here unless the factory is surrounded by hipsters just leave it alone if it's surrounded by big burly Eastern Europeans run. For fuck's sake run. I mean I don't, if you need that told to you you don't really have common sense so don't Probably run. the same people who turned it off because I said this is going to be filled with spoilers. Oh yeah, that's true. It's fine. Uh, yeah, we move forward a little. He gets captured. He gets put in the same kind of Victorian chair. And again, really nice, really gritty uh, room. You see all the shiny little scalpels and torture devices. I think the the production design on this, the uh, whoever designed the sets, really did a good job. It's yeah. creepy. Certainly yeah. better than the second and third film. Yeah, it, it knocks it out of the park. To be fair, I liked the 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 holding rooms, even the hostel they were in. It looks like a top of the line like hotel. It doesn't look like a cheap shit like house that they're all just bunking in. That's the part of me that's like, okay, maybe they are in in on it because why would you let them stay in somewhere that nice if you know what I mean? For I think they said it's like ten euros or. 20 euros yeah, in the second film, they mentioned 10 euros for the three of them. I don't know. In this, 
in the in the in the first film, the the sets are all great, but I'm trying to figure out why would someone have. Okay, maybe they're specifically built, but they look old. The cells down there look old. All I mean, that. I, can, I could forgive that. To be fair, I, yeah, I won't forgive that. I can forgive that if they took it to a ridiculous extreme. You have to. You take two extremes really. You've got either you go super realistic, which I think they tried to do with the first one at least, uh, or you go to the far end. You go ridiculous. It's you know torture, almost comedy for uh, the elites, which the third film attempts at. Yeah. tries to do both but the first film yeah it tries to do that gritty realism aspect in terms of refurbishment i i can't see that the first film at least as an organization who bothers to try to revitalize paint the walls make it look pretty oh, oh no that, it, that's not even the problem i'm just trying to figure out if this has been going on for a while and I'd, I'd understand but if it's literally like a i wouldn't say a new thing but if it's like a couple of years old why is there old looking cells underneath a factory I don't know Eastern European Stalin-esque <laughs> happened to luckily stumble upon it maybe maybe that's why the factory was shut down or just like fuck it we're living on top of a prison cell or whatnot. but this is the kind of shit that I, I don't intend to look for stuff like this in films but it just pops up in my head I'm like why is that there it's, it's not nip i don't mind if it's not explained i can just about live with it it's fine it looks creepy it does the job it's effective fine uh, I, I can forgive it even if it's ridiculous outlandish if it's effective fine that might just be me i forgive a lot of rubbish maybe that's just me maybe i was just so bored during this film that i was just like okay why is that there maybe i was just looking for things that didn't need to be looked at if you know what i mean but yeah paxton gets captured by the stupid fucking oh yeah just walk through that door everything yeah fine. i want to i want to make it clear it's worth watching just on youtube if there's a clip somewhere anyone who's listening just watch how he's captured it's as stupid as we try to point out here it's bloody ridiculous yeah and don't get me wrong some stupid shit i can literally i enjoy uh, but there's when a film is trying to be taken as seriously as it can and they don't account for literally any common sense in any character in the film I'm just like nah I'm good I'm just going to see this as a joke yeah there are always limits but there's always that point of no return of yeah this guy's a moron and that's where you get to the I want to see him die which I mean might be their intention <laughs> film like this I really don't know. Uh, if they, if that was your intention, Eli, bravo. Yeah, you cultivated that perfectly. That was literally. Yeah, uh, we're Paxton. He's put in a chair. He's got a German gentleman. I don't know he makes a point of speaking German to the guy, which I think is quite nice. Yeah, quite an interesting way of humanising and a very effective technique. I think. I hope if you're ever being tortured. Uh, to try to humanise yourself and make yourself look like a person. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. he's ball-gagged for trying. Uh, nice detail. I'll, I'll give him props for that. Yeah, I I actually enjoyed that myself. It felt like these... Obviously, they didn't want to die, and they tried to do literally everything within their power to actually not be murdered. And I... then this dude comes in trying to scare the shit out of him. 
I, I only assume he meant to scare him to death because he literally does nothing to him except wave to, stuff in his face. Yeah, wave stuff in his face. And uh, I like to think uh, it comes back to the thing I mentioned earlier with the vegetarian meat guy. It's a very effective thing they do where they make the people uh, different. They make the clients varied. They're not just masked psychopaths. They go around killing stuff. They've got different personalities, which I, I do appreciate. A lot of films do the standard mass psychopath. There's four of them, like Purge, where they go around just murdering, murdering their nutters. In this, you get one guy who's really into it. He wanted to be a surgeon. One guy who's hesitant, and it kills him eventually with Paxton. Uh, and one other guy who's a complete fucking nutter, who you meet a little bit later, who Paxton bumps into. It's a nice variation on it. People that go to places like, or would go to places like this, I'm not overly thinking that, oh, these people aren't fucking psychopaths. If if you're going to one of these places and you've paid to, I don't know, torture someone and kill someone, I'm not overly thinking, yeah, you're probably not a psychopath. In my head, you're like, you're definitely a fucking psychopath, but you have more money than you need or deserve at this point. Oh, God, yeah. It it comes to a level of ridiculousness. I think certainly in the second film, when you realise how much they've actually paid, it goes to about $60,000, $70,000. And a question, yeah, question does come of how the hell do they find the people who are willing to pay for this? If you go through psychopaths through the era, you get people like the Yorkshire Ripper, Jack the Ripper, who are poor, miserable morons who live on the outcast of society, don't have the money to do any of this. And you just wonder how they approached some rich guy and said, hey, are you up for murdering random people? Yeah, I think that changes in the first and second one as well. Oh, the second film, yeah. I, I should give that props as well to Eli. He does a very good job of tying up these loose ends in the second film. But I'm, I'm judging the first film based on the first film. I'm not going to go in. I'm not yeah. going to add the second film's uh, retroactive changes. Yeah, I mean, the, the first the first film the pay scale is like it was for for a slovakian which i googled and that's where they are they're in slovakia um for just a a local it says it's like five grand for an exotic like uh eastern european blah blah or whatnot or um japanese or whatnot it's 10 and then an, an american is like the highest and, and it was like 25 grand and they're probably actually lowballing that as well. It yeah. Should uh, taking too many props from the children there. I reckon you could you could really get that sixty grand, seventy grand. That sounds a lot more realistic to me. Yeah. Not many opportunities where you're gonna get the safe chance I to mean, kill someone. Even in the second one, there's like a bidding war for certain people. Like, oh, we've got these people in stock. How much would you pay for that person? That that makes sense to me. But in the first one, it was like, now nah, it's just twenty five grand for a, an American. It's 10 grand for uh, a Japanese woman or whatnot, and then te- uh, 5 grand for a local and I was like, okay but uh, Paxton gets caught, uh, gets strapped to a chair and then literally uh, the dude starts waving like like an axe or something in his face and the, uh, Paxton's like speaking in German to him to get him to like, like not do this thing and then the dude gets agitated goes outside the room, comes back in with another dude and a ball gag. 
puts it on Paxton and then rips up a chainsaw and just starts waving it in his face. I mean, that, that to me, it, it comes to, it's addressing the second film, but it comes to one of the problems with this film of with the Dutch guy, why the hell would you let these people meet your clientele? They're not all raving psychopaths. Why would you possibly compromise yeah. your entire organisation? Uh, but I mean, the guy, the German guy, is a complete moron that tries to kill Paxton and ends up pretty much killing himself. Yeah, okay. Because after waving the fucking chainsaw in the dude's face, Paxton, obviously fucking horrified and whatnot, starts throwing up and starts choking on his own vomit. So the dude's like, all right, maybe the ball gag was a bad idea and <laughs> takes it out of his mouth. So he goes behind him, takes the ball gag out, and then I don't know if he'd done this by accident or if it was on purpose or what, but he cuts off the the pinky finger and the the index, uh, not index, the next, whatever the fucking other finger is. Um, this little piggy went to market, Steph. Yeah. If you know this stuff. Yeah, he looks surprised. Yeah, like I don't, I don't know, know why. I don't know if he meant to do that on purpose, if he was just clumsy and just fucking accidentally hit the chainsaw against his hand. But yeah, he gets two fingers chopped off. Again, very nicely done. Yeah, very good effects on that. Yeah. Fingers drops to the ground. I genuinely can't remember if he trips out, like he slips on the fingers. Pretty much, and then cuts himself up with his own chainsaw. Yeah, yeah, that's it. He. He fucking slips on the fingers, literally lands on the chainsaw, literally like cuts, almost cuts himself in half. For somehow, somehow he's still alive. And a gun came into the room at some point, and packs. I think it, and, yeah, it was part of the equipment they gave out, which I mean, seems to me like a bit of a waste of money. I know they mention it later. Yeah, uh, Paxton he kills the guy. Yeah, he literally pulls the gun, shoots the dude in the head and then one of the big guys from outside that's like defending the room runs in even though he heard a gunshot which is probably normal in this place runs in gets shot himself and then oh that is one thing with the guard there i never quite understood why they didn't just have guards posted in the room at all times you'd think just in case there's a complete moron or at least a newbie i mean i was new to this stuff if you have two guards posted yeah, if I'm paying like 25, 70 grand just to kill someone, I'd want someone in the room to be kind of like, we'll be here just in case anything happens and goes wrong. Those little benefits. You get a little sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take you out for a meal deal afterwards, you know. We'll wine and dine you, put you up in a fancy hotel. But it's there's a lot of this film that if the people running this like hostel, I don't know, if they literally had any sense or any kind of like, let's try and make our customers as compliant as we can. Well, they fix that retroactively, where they go for uh, you have to kill someone, which makes sense. It's a kind of yeah, you're stuck with us now. You can't go to the police. Yeah, you're yeah. fucked. But again, I'm not going to give it credit for fixing it in the second film. They bugger it up badly here. Yeah, in the first one, there's literally nothing to stop the customers from going well yeah i didn't really want to kill that guy so i i walked out left and then i went to the police yeah there's, there's absolutely nothing so obviously jumping into the film paxton leaves through the cell door he gets surprisingly far uh the guards watching porn for some reason 
Yeah. That's very sure. Well, apparently... <laughs> God knows yeah, why. Who watches porn in the open? Apparently the sounds of torture makes him horny. I don't know. Maybe. Torture porn. Yeah, torture porn taken very, very literally there in the most R-rated sense of the term. Yeah, I generally... I don't know. Maybe it was just like a... Ha ha ha, isn't this funny? No. So Eli Roth's the frat douche of the director yeah. world. I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, probably. Uh, so, yeah, Paxton moves forward through a lot of the cells. He bumps into a guy as you go forward who, uh, again, I think it's very well acted, a bit ridiculous. but And there's a bit of world building with a tattoo and stuff. He runs into a guy who's part of the organisation, one of the clientele, uh, and they start talking about the hunting and killing someone. Paxton, I think he was just slightly too reserved during that conversation. I'd have picked up on something, if it were me personally. I, I don't know if the client was just running on adrenaline, and so he missed a lot of the cues, but Paxton, very quiet, obviously had two fingers chopped off. Yeah, I mean, at this point he's wearing his... Right, how he escapes is he basically lays on a trolley with a, with a few dead corpses over the top of him. And when he gets taken to like the incinerator, he kills the dude that's chopping up the bodies. And then... Yeah, again, very well done. The gore, the gore in this, if you're watching it just for the gore, I said skip to about 40 minutes in, it's all pretty damn well done for 2005. Even now, I think, looking like green room level. Really good stuff. Yeah. He's laying under a bunch of corpses. Like He loses his two fingers. And I, I genuinely don't understand why he's trying to keep them with him. Maybe he wants to get them attached... But I'm Have sure. Have you got like a hour, two hour time period uh, before you can? I be understand fucked. that, but if the town that he's in, the cops are crooked, and he goes to the hospital with two fingers missing, and he's like, "Yeah, can you put them back on?" I'm pretty sure the cops are going to turn up and be like, "You're probably from there. Let's take you back." Yeah, he kills the incinerator guy. Finds another guy uh, in the organization. Goes to a locker room. Yeah. It's the guards. It's on high alert at this point. Yeah, he literally oh. walks into the locker room and switches. He takes off the clothes uh, that he escaped in, and he literally just puts on like a suit, a suit jacket, and he. It looks horrible, but he he, like shoves his hand into a glove. Yeah, it, that's that's great. I'll give him absolute props for yeah. that scene. Certainly, uh, you can see the pain. You can see him really struggling. And the uh, makeup department, they make him look shitty. Yeah. He looks he terrible. Looks, he looks like he's lost shitloads of blood and whatnot. Yeah. And then bumps into a guy who notices none of this, which <laughs> I, I think to an extent is because he's hopped up on adrenaline. They try to put that forward. Yeah. It seems to me this dude's like awfully excited about just getting in there and killing someone because there's conversation of him like going... Do you, do you did you get it over quick? Did you make it slow? Did you like he's asking like tips on how we would do it again or stuff like that? And I, I don't think there's some sort of wiki how it was probably a wiki how on how to kill people. Yeah, the best ways to go for it. It looks like the dude's asking for like the best like best way that he could enjoy it. And uh, watching that scene like go about knowing that that dude's gonna take whatever advice that Paxton gives. I'm glad he went, yeah, just do it, get it over with quick, because shit, yeah. yeah. I, 
the actor does it in a very good way. He doesn't quite do it in a, a persuasive, get it over quickly. He he's not charismatic at all in that. Yeah. He tries his best to say, oh, get it over and done with quick. His eyes move towards the ground. He's clearly quite intimidated. He's feeling shitty. Uh, but he still pushes on that, yeah, just kill them quickly. The guy disregards his advice almost yeah. entirely. Yeah. He, he seems like... to be egotistical, speaking to himself more than Paxton. Yeah, it it seemed like he heard the advice, but it was like, yeah, no, fuck that, no. Uh, this is fucking pussy shit, and then throws it in the fucking... He throws the gun in, like, a waste laundry basket or something. Literally, like, two feet from Paxton. Yeah, I never quite got that. His guns, they're not... I'm, I'm sure they're not massively hard to come by in Eastern Europe, but I wouldn't want them thrown here, there, and everywhere in the factory. I wouldn't want them just out in the open. Yeah, especially when there's, like, hostages... Yeah, fair enough. It seems like they don't have many hostage escapes or anything. But they literally, they've had two in the same day in this film. I suppose, granted, the guy seems like an idiot. Yeah. To be fair, he's one of the faces that I recognise from something else. Actually, haven't looked him up. I'll put uh, something in. He's uh, in um, Suits. There we go. He's in Suits. Oh, God, was that some sort of lawyer thing? Oh, he actually yeah. did well for himself. Oh, good for him. He, he did a good job. Yeah, he's actually a really good actor. It's just uh, it's a shame that he's in this film. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, so yeah. it's the same for Paxton. You get... After this, Paxton starts running through uh, the facility, which, again, is, is really nicely done. It's gritty, it's grimy. It's like a car park kind of thing. It's just concrete jungle Yeah, everywhere. Uh, really, really nice with cell doors all lined across. You hear the odd scream here and there, and you hear guards running up and down. Uh, the guards are useless. The alarm goes blaring and they yeah. still don't find the guy. Jesus Christ. You'd think you'd have like doors posted, patrols and everything, but no. Which, to the film's benefit, it loses it a little in the second and third film where it's a lot more organised. Yeah. So I feel like ramshackle, more interesting for me at least. Yeah, uh, this one is actually something that I didn't... Well, we didn't touch on... Uh, it's a very small scene in the film where he's talking to the, the nerdy guy. Paxton's talking to the nerdy guy. And he's literally like, yeah, did I ever tell you the story about when I watched this girl drown? And he's like, um, yeah, yeah, I went to this swimming pool and I went to grab the lifeguard, but the lifeguard didn't believe me. Maybe she couldn't see the baby or whatnot. Or maybe couldn't see the kid or couldn't see the girl and just thought I was lying. So she just told us to fuck off. And then uh, when I went, well, when I was on my way back to see if I could go in and help her, I heard her mother scream. And he was like, yeah, I've lost sleep. sleep. Uh, like, I've had years of going through blah, blah, and uh, uh, going through therapy, and um, I've lost sleep God knows how much. And every like every couple of nights I wake up because I hear her mum scream and whatnot. And then as he's on his way out, literally he he's in the car sees that there's a kid and for some reason i don't know why this is a thing but apparently there's keys in the ignition literally just start up and fuck off oh yeah security on this place it's immaculate yeah yeah and then he hears the scream and he's for me in that scene it's like all right i don't want to be fucking haunted by these screams i like i need to go back and do more oh yeah i'd like to think i'd do that 
Yeah. Uh, uh, no, in reality, I'm a complete coward and would run. Yeah, I. I I'd drive and I, run. I, Jesus. I have no qualms in literally just going. Yeah, I'm just gone. I'm gone. Sorry, doesn't matter. I'm, I'm fucking gone. But maybe that makes me. Well, that does make me a dick. But fuck it, I'm a survivor. It's fine. Um, but literally in in this film, that was one of the scenes that was kind of stuck with me because at least it gave him a reason to go back in because he got he he literally he even though there's a fucking key in the ignition of the car and he could just literally just turn it and be gone he goes back into the building to go rest, uh, save whoever it was that's screaming and then he goes back in and finds out it's this um japanese woman that he was talking to in the host- hostel uh yeah kana yeah that kana oh uh, he was quite reserved quite shy it's it's admirable. So yeah, this he goes back in to uh, rescue this woman that he has screamed. He goes down and obviously sees her. Uh, this dude has a blowtorch. Oh, it's actually the same. It's the same enthusiastic douchebag that threw his gun in the laundry. He goes in, finds him with a blowtorch to this girl Kana's face, uh, uh, this Japanese woman's face. And literally, her eye is hanging out, th- literally just hanging out, barely. I know I said earlier, if you want the best experience of this film, you have to uh, wait through the first hour or skip through it and watch that. If you want the absolute best experience of this film, just Google that scene. Yeah. That's by far and away the best effect. That was horrifying. Like, he deals. He deals with the dude quickly. He, I think, he just shoots him and then fucking is gone. But literally, this this woman's like full on screaming in this chair as you would be. You've just had a blowtorch to your face. But her eye is hanging out, and I don't know what kind of pain that is because I don't ever want to find out that shit. That look that. Yeah, it's hanging on by like a tendon. Just yeah. strips off and very eye catching, as it were. Ha ha ha! <laughs> oh, <laughs> someone had to do it. Um, someone had to do it, and I'll take the bullet. Yeah, yeah. And then Paxton. I don't know if it was a thing where he knew that she couldn't have it put back in or whatnot, but he cuts it off, and loads of like white pus starts like oozing from the 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 tendon ligaments sort of thing. I mean, obviously, you have to cut it out. You have to do something. It's just dangling there. That's an infection waiting to happen. Uh, it definitely yeah, does a good her whole, job with it. The whole side of her face is a melty pot. I'd, I'd assume that is a giant infection wrist in, in itself. Uh, yeah, she's she's dead. She's almost certainly dead yeah. anyway. But uh, he's acting under pressure, I suppose. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, running around with this little tendon. I, I presume it's not like a little eye that still works. Not gonna be that yeah, much. Yeah, I don't I don't assume it would still work, I suppose, but and just that happens. Uh obviously cuts it off, unchains her, and then it just cuts to a scene where they're like getting into the car and then fucking off. Yeah, they presumably go through the concrete jungle of the prison. Uh, a lot yeah. of that's cut through, presumably because there'd be guards running around like madmen. And there's no yeah, way in hell they get to the car not, otherwise. Yeah. Not a single guard will see them running through that place. But fair enough. They, they get to the car. 
that the car was maybe the one that brought Paxton there because it had a bag of chewing gums in the front. I don't know. You're keeping uh, track of the continuity. I don't. Yes, You're the only possibly. one. You're the absolutely the only one. Mate, someone had to. <laughs> I don't think Eli did. I think... Right, so they get into the car, they start to drive off. There's a bag of chewing gums in like, the front dash or whatnot. And then what looked like hours to get from the town to this factory looked like it took only minutes to get from the factory back to the town. Yeah, they cut through quite a lot of stuff. Which, I mean, thank God, to be honest, I don't want to sit there for ages and oh. ages. So they drive through the gates, people shoot at them and miss horribly because obviously you hire guards with stormtrooper level aiming. And obviously you don't put roadblocks or anything in front of the gate. That would be ridiculous. Oh no, don't get me wrong. I I don't intend, uh, I don't want to see them drive the whole like 20 minute ride or whatnot. But it's a 20 minute drive. I'm pretty sure that's like there's a car that chases them like directly after they break out of the place. I'm sure at some point if if not stopping them or doing a pit maneuver, they could have done something in that 20 minute. It's certainly when they get I mean, Paxton drives along uh, for a while and then hits a police roadblock which yeah. is very heavily implied that this was organized by the guys who run the hostel. And yeah, at that point, you'd think the car would catch up. Someone would catch up. Anyone. Yeah. But nothing cap- Nothing happens then. And then I think he reverses, goes a different way. And then he gets in, like, the gang of children stop him. And then he gives the, he gives the massive bag of chewing gums that were in the car to them as payment to let him through. Which buys absolute loyalty to pain of death, yeah. apparently. Because children are like, yeah, you give us fucking chewing gum, we'll fucking murder people yeah. for you. Give us chewing fine. gum, we'll walk through the gates of hell. We'll do anything. It's like Leonidas and the 300, but... <laughs> yeah, because the, the people that were chasing them uh, get stopped by the kids again. And instead of letting these ones through, they fucking hurl rocks at them and kill them. They stone them to death, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, it's vaguely that. The the guys stop in front of the kids, because apparently these kids are just like the Eastern European Mafia. They stop everyone, they terrify anyone, and then start (laughs) hurling rocks at these two burly men. I won't say anything, rocks rocks will kill someone. There's obviously stones and stuff. You throw enough rocks, even as an eight-year-old, you're going to do damage. But these guys have guns. Like yeah, one yeah, yeah. one or two shots just in the air I imagine would scare off most kids but no these kids are badasses where these kids I, absolutely don't give a damn balls the yeah, size of balls I think at some point they literally just fucking I think when they're down from the stones they run up and just fucking club the shit out of them with like bats and shit yeah it, it's I remember, staggering I remember seeing like I remember seeing like caved in skulls and shit if I remember yeah in the second film you see that they're obviously they're executed for killing someone these yeah. these kids Jesus I, I wish I had half the courage they had and as you said just make a film about these kids going around killing <laughs> people for chewing gum I'd be fucking yeah I'd watch that shit that's fine as long as I had these exact kids because they they 
act amazingly. They are. Yeah. Gen- kids, are, kids are frightening. They say like three words in the entire fucking film, but they, yeah, they are fucking terrifying. <laughs> okay, so Paxton and everything get through the roadblock. They get through the kids, and then the woman or the two women that got them there in the first place is somehow met by the guy that literally told them to come to Slovakia in the first place. Was like, yeah, hey, you want that- you want pussy, you come here. It happened to be in the like, town square. Yeah, they they're, they're in town square. They're all three of them are together. Apparently, they know each other. Who knows? And then, yeah, they just they turn and look at the car, see Paxton, and just like, oh, nothing's gonna happen. And then the funniest part in this film, <laughs> Paxton runs all three of them over. Two of them dead instantly. The dude and one of the women dead instantly. And then the one, like, Russian woman or something, still alive. Just when she's starting to get back up, you're like, oh, no, she's still alive. The car comes out of nowhere and hits her again. I was like, okay, that's pretty funny. Uh, Yeah, it just rolls over. It's cathartic, definitely. It's nice to see them get some comeuppance because they are... Dicks, yeah. And then... Here's where I think our versions divide slightly. Mine, uh, less optimistic from what I've gathered. So you, they get to the train yard. Yeah. And there are trains coming back and forth. Uh, at least in my version, Paxton and the Asian girl, they get behind a crate. The Asian girl's quite hesitant all the way through. And eventually she jumps in front of a train, which yeah. gives Paxton the... Oh, that that's the same for you. Yeah, that part's the same for me. Um, oh, stunning. Yeah, she gives kind of a distraction, and you see the police are involved, which is great world building. Yeah. You get this idea that everyone, it's a huge organization, un, uh, unavoidable. Yeah, she. Uh, inevitably, yeah. She sees her reflection in like a, a passing window or something, and she's like, it seems like for some reason her face is the only thing that she lives for, and then she jumps in front of a fucking train. And then. Um, that gives Paxton the kind of uh, diversion to get on the train because the people uh, in this organisation and the police are, are basically like on the train platform waiting to see if any of them would arrive. That gives Paxton enough time to get on the train and uh, just go. Yeah. For, so for mine, he then overhears the meat guy starting to talk to a load of girls uh, locked in a train car yeah it's the same for me my one question is he doesn't know that that guy killed his friend so why is he going after him Uh, I'm trying to think no he never does see him does he no he literally sees Uh, him on the train and then he sees him on the train there and then on on the way back but there's no scene like he sees his friend dead but there's no scene where it's like, oh yeah, I killed your friend. Or here's a video of me killing your friend. There's none of that. It's literally the dude's just like, oh, you're here. I'll just do this thing, next thing to you. And I think this might be where our... our uh, Slightly very, I know there is a varied ending to yeah. it. Uh, I, I, the ending, I think it ties in quite well to the second one, at least the one I watched. Mine Where... Yeah, more or less. The I think I canon then the one I watched is he goes to I think 
Frankfurt or Berlin, and he gets off at the same platform as the Dutch man, gets into a uh, bathroom stall, and murders him. He puts the little kind of card that he picked up earlier in the film with the dog on the hunting society, slides it under a bathroom stall that he's put to out of order, and then drowns him in the toilet. Again, uh, the gore in this, the violence in this, is really nicely done for the first one. And the second one. But yeah, first one, really nicely done. Drowns him in the toilet, stabs him in the ankle with a little scalpel. Yeah, uh, yeah. doesn't he slit his throat or something? Uh, yeah, yeah. He goes the whole nine yards, yeah. as it were. I mean, uh, in my one, in the one that I watched, he gets off at the same train platform and the Dutch guy... He meets his daughter. He goes to he goes to say hi to his daughter, his six year old daughter. Uh, the daughter says she needs to go to the bathroom or something. So obviously he sends her in. Oh no, yeah, he sends her into the bathroom, and then the Dutch guy goes into his own, or goes into the gentleman's, and then obviously the girl must come back out. Paxton takes her, puts her, takes her onto a train. While the Dutch dude is at literally outside the train window, just going, "Where's my daughter?" So it, it so looks it like basically, ends on a kidnapping. Yeah, it ends on a basically the the guy that you're rooting for to survive all this basically kidnaps a daughter and fucking I don't know what. Basically, it seemed like every person's a bad guy in this film. It certainly makes that makes the second one a lot more. Yeah, it it was confusing because <laughs> I watched the first like. In the second one, there's like a little. Um, I suppose we'll get onto that in the. In yeah, we'll bit, jump but... into it in just a sec. But yeah, that. I think if you're gonna watch the film, uh, I watched mine on Amazon. Yeah. On the UK version, I'd recommend that. Yeah. You get a nice ending to it, akin to the Hostel franchise. A nice little extra death scene. And it's not quite so ridiculous that the main character kidnaps a little girl rather than doing almost anything else. Going to the police. Yeah. Going to Interpol. I'd, going I'd to recommend the anything. your version of mine. Why did you watch the US version? I think so. Yeah, of course the US need this ridiculous yeah. little slightly happy ending. I was using ending. a VPN at the time, so it might have been the US version. I'm not sure. <laughs> not sponsored by NordVPN. I wish we were. No. Right, so, and on to the second film, uh, also directed and screenplay by Eli Roth, said very hard worker, starring uh, Lauren German as the protagonist, who I wrote down here, I've not seen the series, my dad tells me it's very good, is starring in Lucifer Yeah, That's uh, on Amazon. Literally the one person I recognised in this film, I was like, holy shit, it's... Uh her from lucifer and the nerdy girl uh got written down here that she was in the princess diaries at one point or another yeah i think i've not seen that bizarrely it's not quite in my periphery of film it's not in mine but there's a few people in my house or family that uh tend to watch a lot of shit so it's been on and i've noticed it i think i saw a nostalgia critic review of it years ago Back in 2011, 2010, Anne Hathaway thing. Yeah. I, I think, if I remember rightly, she plays the best friend. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, 
watch the Princess Diaries rather than Hostel Two. That's your recommendation for the day. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I've not seen it, but it can't possibly be worse. I'll watch the Nostalgia Critics review. It's uh, it's mildly amusing. Hostel Two. This I imagine is actually going to be a lot shorter the first segment because it's the same film with women. Yeah. More or less. Yeah, they're still douchebags. There's. There's. They're a lot more generic. Yeah, as we said, it, you've got the protagonist, the main girl, who's every protagonist in every horror film ever. Yeah. Uh, you've got the slutty best friend, who's every slutty best friend in every horror film ever, and then the shy girl, who you know is going to die first for sympathy. Very much like the first film, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's more. It's more pronounced. It's more generic somehow. Uh, It ties up some loose ends from the first film, as we mentioned going through. Uh, I don't even know where to start with this one. It's it's more... There's little bits in it where I'm just like, okay, did you need to explain that? So I'll go over just a quick uh, summary uh, for sake of brevity. So, yeah, you start off very similar to the first one. It's gore porn. There's about 30 minutes of porn. The first scene actually being some weird naked art thing where they paint people in the nude in Rome. Christ knows why you'd pick to do that on holiday, but hey-ho. They get on a train uh, with a load of weirdos, end up in the same town as the other people, uh, and then eventually murdered. There's a really nice ending to this one, actually. Uh, so getting in plot point by plot point at the start you get a bit of a summary of the first film uh, quite a nice conclusion that made virtually no sense but hey it was interesting at least yeah I did I did want to quickly say uh, when the second one started for me uh, it obviously starts off you've got Paxton from the first one it's like a very short like five minute scene where it's like a little dream sequence where he's being in interrog- Italy. Yeah, in, he's been yeah Rome. Yeah, he's being talked to by like Interpol or something like that, and um, he tells them about what happened. And the person that's in charge is basically like, "Oh, speaking of which, the dog tattoo. We found a person with their throat slit in the bathroom stall of uh, whatever toilet." And at that point, I was like, uh, "That didn't happen." Did I miss something? <laughs> yeah, this is the problem with having different endings to films. Yeah, I mean... If you send out one mainstream... I'm fine with like director's cuts and that sort of stuff because you can uh, change that up as it goes along. But with this, yeah, if you completely change the ending of the film to have the guy survive with the little girl and not kill the other guy, then you're going to confuse. Yeah. If that's the American version, that has got to be ridiculous. Yeah, I mean... I I watched it and I was like, uh, I think I'm missing something. Maybe there's, uh, I think I remember seeing there's like a second cut or something to this, and I was like, okay, maybe that's the other cut. I'll I'll accept it for now. And then, literally five minutes after that, Paxton's he goes downstairs because he has an argument with his girlfriend or something, and then she wakes up, goes downstairs, and he's headless sitting at the table. Yeah, not quite sure why they did that. It to me seems like unnecessary attention but to be fair that is one thing this film does very well in world building you get the sense that this organisation rather than the first film builds it up to be kind of some Eastern European uh, delicacy 
almost where people come from foreign areas to this one little area yeah uh you get the feeling here that this is very much worldwide yeah you see people auctioning off and betting on different clientele or different uh products yeah they're gonna be you see like japanese businessmen like putting bids in you see like uh romanian people putting bids in you see like an american guy at a golf club putting bids in so it, it seems like they're expanding i guess is probably the best way to put it maybe maybe they yeah, started off small maybe that was like the first couple of months in the first one and then <laughs> a nice little small business yeah it's almost uh quaint in current covid times <laughs> to see something so lovely you look small for entertainment torture your american friends i don't know that was just the one small like thing that was completely weird for for me in this film um well one of few things that were oh god yeah there was plenty of it uh so yeah cut it relatively short the girls three girls said nerdy slutty and protagonist you already know i'm not even gonna say now say later but you know the order they're gonna die in from the start it's pretty much the exact same order that they died in in the first film except one of them's given slightly more development than I'm from Iceland and have a daughter you've never heard of. Yeah. Um, there is... Uh, the protagonist is extremely rich, apparently. They need to make a point of that very Yeah, their mother on. died. They never say what her mother did Yeah. before any of this. They and, just say, oh, she was very rich. And she's the one that keeps her dad in line by giving him a, a, a an allowance... Yeah, I, I don't know like why they quite had to put that forward. I feel like Eli Roth felt he'd wrote himself into a corner with uh, him killing off the protagonist of the last film and thought, oh, shit, there's no way to end this without the protagonist surviving, so I need some sort of twist. Yeah. And her being rich more or less saves her by the end of it. So more yeah, or less, yeah. It does save her by the end of it. Uh, I think the, the biggest problem I have with this is they you've got the three protagonists, the three girls that go through it. You've also got the uh, girl who, similar to the Eastern European and the Italian from the last film, who bring them in to the organisation, who lure them. Which, they did a, a good job, a decent job. In the first film, I could sort of believe that three idiots, three frat boy morons, which I very much myself was for a good while. I could almost see myself falling for, there's girls here. Run, go <laughs> oh, chase! I could almost see myself doing it. I mean, I went to Prague with a mate when I was nineteen, and yeah, if someone told me, "Oh, there's a club here, and they'll go nuts for you," I reckon I'd have gone. Yeah, with with mm. boys, I don't. I don't mean to sound sexist or anything. Boys are fucking idiots. If you tell them there's pussy somewhere. Yeah, I can believe they'll do it. Not yeah. to the extent that Hostel pointed forward. I want to make that clear. For the first film, it's to a, a level of ridiculousness that they go to this Eastern European town when they've got Amsterdam next to them. But I can just about buy it for the premise of the film. I can suspend my disbelief. For the second film, it's girls. I've got a bit more faith in them. I... And they need that extra push. I genuinely don't know why they went to Slovakia. I can't. Um... Spars, I believe. The yeah, uh, the art uh, they yeah basically they draw a woman at the start of oh, the film right. in the nude yeah, in yeah. some art 
uh, class they took while they're, they're students. I think they're foreign students, from what I gathered. They're working in Europe, and they draw uh, a naked guy, then they draw a naked woman, and this woman buys the picture off the girl and then says, oh, you should come with us to a spa. Uh, come with me to a spa. Yeah. It's in this Eastern European town. Did you say Slovakia, Slovenia? Yeah, Slovakia. Slovakia? Yeah. Yeah. It's really nice. There's all sorts of stuff there. And they drag along reluctantly their nerdy friend who no one wants anything to do with uh, who writes in a journal that's her entire gimmick yeah she writes in a journal and she's got an iPod that's about all the uh, backstory she's given that's all the personality she's got and half of that I imagine is just for sponsors to keep the film running no there's a plot point with the iPod thank you very much it gets (laughs) stolen on the train because everyone wants an iPod. Everyone, yeah. everyone, everyone needs an iPod. Everyone wants an iPod classic at that point. Um, Stolen on a train by a weirdo who has nothing to yeah. do with the hostel. And oh, then no, somehow I, I this complete weirdo... Uh, oh, if you did, I can't really remember. Yeah, this complete weirdo uh, grabbed the iPod. Was it just to gain trust then? Yeah, with it, the literally, woman? it's just to gain trust with the woman because when the main protagonist gets attacked by kids later in the film she gets taken back to this like mansion place and she sees a picture of this woman with the guy that robbed her friend this is the most convoluted crap yeah, imaginable I, don't, it's I can't lit- e- i didn't even know literally that it's, half it's stuff literally happened. just a picture frame if you if you aren't paying attention it's you could literally just blink and miss it if you forget what the dude looks like you could just like yeah it's just a picture of her with the dude yeah, well, uh, very quickly, so on the train yard, there are three red herrings, three weird gentlemen that have drugs of different forms that have nothing to do with the... I know they have nothing to do with the organisation that tried to sell ecstasy but couldn't find it and were just a bit useless. And then they never appeared again. Excellent. They get to the destination. Uh, and I want to kind of run through this quickly uh, because I think the far more interesting... An entirely ridiculous side of it is with the two clients, the Americans that are mentioned, yeah. who are uh, with the girls. Uh, they go to some sort of harvest festival. They go into the hostel as well of the last film, and you find out, yeah, the hotel manager, who I'm absolutely bloody certain in the first film wasn't written to know what was going on, is written to know what's going on, and you find out a lot of the town also knows what's going on. You get an element of tension in the second one uh, in every single scene. The entirety of the locals kind of give the main characters a little bit of a wide berth occasionally. They're a little more creepy, a little more Transylvania-esque. Yeah, it's like they're actively trying... Like, in the first one, the dude seemed a bit... Yeah, he seemed a bit sketchy, but it just looked like he was... An idiot, maybe. Just looked a bit weird. Yeah. Uh, it's believable. But in this one, he it seems like they're actively trying to make it... Well, they actively make it... They do actively make it look like he's part of this organisation by, like, like uh, copying their passports. And, and when the, there's a point in the film where there's a guy trying to warn the protagonist about this... this company that's that's here and the dude just so happens to be at this uh harvest festival and turns around and it's like is that guy giving you trouble 
No? Okay, don't worry about him because we'll stop him giving you trouble, don't worry. It's like, okay, yeah, that's, it's... A, that's incredibly sketchy. <laughs> uh, they go they go through the entirety of the Harvest Festival and the one girl, they get drunk for some reason. From what I gather, she's usually sober and they say to her, oh, this is some cider we bought at this festival no, that's happening like, in this town. They're like, oh, don't worry, this isn't alcoholic, this is just lemonade yeah, yeah. that these kids sold us over there. Yeah. And she's like, so I'm going to go thank stuff. them. It tastes hugely alcoholic, yeah. this stuff. They say explicitly, it's like, a, if you ever if you ever have that uh, red can stuff, the black can with the little red logo, yeah. the J stuff, I imagine it to be like that. It's bloody yeah. horrible. It, you can it taste it. It just you can... tastes like alcohol. It's just, it's just tastes like you're probably drinking paint thinner at this point. It's like, what, 9%? And it, this is in Eastern Europe. Yeah. I've had, like, Eastern European vodka. And I can only imagine what kind of cider they make if that's the vodka they make. Yeah. There's no way in hell this girl thought this was non-alcoholic. But she goes up to a load of five-year-olds who her friends say, oh, yeah, they don't speak much English, but they made this stuff for us. Yeah, it's lemonade. Uh, just drink it and you'll be fine. And these, these kids go, yeah, they clearly look at her with blank faces. She walks up and says, oh, thank you, thank you, like an idiot. Yeah. And then... What seems like 30 seconds after that is she's drunk trying to get onto a boat with some random person that she's never met. And she's like... Yeah, and her friend tries to stop her, knowing full well that she's the one who got her drunk. Yeah. And presumably put her in this situation. Instead of going like, no, you're staying with me, I'm going to keep an eye on you. She's just like, no, you're not going. And then turns around and then the the nerd girl just like okay i'm gonna go bye and then you see her on the river on the boat with this random person and you're like the fuck yeah in venice that's romantic in eastern europe that's creepy anywhere that means you're a shit friend (laughs) oh i don't know i'm not gonna swim after i mean she got drunk actually that's that is cracking up yeah like but you get her drunk, you're responsible for her. So at least just like, oh, I'm going to get on this boat. Just like, no, you're staying with me. Your My eyes are literally always on you. I should say, yeah, up to this point in the film, for me personally, it was about on par with the first film. Uh, I gave as little of a shit <laughs> as I did in the first film for all of these characters. And this is where it lost me. So the girl, she gets assaulted by a load of big, burly uh, Eastern Europeans, which is obviously the far easier way of capturing these people. She gets taken to a facility, and it lost me, personally, in how ungritty it was at this point. It almost looked ritualistic. Yeah. I mean, again, I I think that goes into what you were saying about the last film, where um, they... Not everyone's a psychopath. Well, everyone is a psychopath if you go into this place, but like everyone's got their own kind of personality. Maybe, like, maybe she was just like, "Oh, I need the blood of a virgin to make me look young or whatnot," because she looked like that kind of woman. Because literally, that's yeah. She stood under the girl and cut her back up with a uh, scythe, maybe some like, farmer's tool, and then eventually slit her throat and just stood under it licking up the blood yeah it, uh, it was like I... she was like into some sexual blood play some sort of shit because it was weird 
like she'd cut a bit and then she'd start rubbing it in and then she'd cut again and start doing it it was weird she was basically lying in a bath bathtub and then just cutting this woman up above her while she was hanging from like a meat hook not like a meat hook but she was like chained and whatnot and then kind of like hung upside down yeah for me that's that's where it loses me i know yeah it's that difference in variety of psychopath where you have to go from oh there's a ritualistic one there's a pretentious type there's this there's that but they're far less i don't know terrifying to me yeah the uh the ritualistic types is you you get the feeling they're, they're kind of one in a million the absolute nutters the crazy people i could meet them in the street corner yeah but the yeah i get what you mean like i know there are cults and I, there are obviously have been and they're all run into ritual sort of shit but you're less likely to run into one of those crazy fucks than you are to just run into a random just psychopath that just wants to cave your head in with a fucking rock sort of thing that's that's where it kind of lost me a bit it gained me a touch because I don't know if it was just because I was very drunk while watching through a lot of the latter part, but they they skip through towards the torture a lot faster in this one. They realise what the audience wants. Yeah, it it did actually seem that way. Like uh, when I was watching this one, surprisingly, I watched them all sequentially. Yeah, I watched them all sequentially in the morning, like. I woke up at like 10 o'clock in the morning and I was just like, you know what, fuck it, let's put these on. I know I had to watch them to kind of to critique them on this. What, you've watched them on your own at like 10 o'clock in yeah, the morning? Yeah. yeah, I watched them from like 10 o'clock in the morning to like 2 o'clock in the afternoon and I was like, well that was 6 hours, I'm not going to get back. <laughs> 6 hours of pure torture and I don't mean from the film. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know where this film was going with literally any of it. Like, um, so I appreciate that it, it got to the point a lot faster. It had that. So in the first film, it was 30 minutes of Z-list American Pie. In this film, it got to the point immediately. It had that 10-minute scream segment where you had the guy decapitated. Then you had about 30 minutes, which was split between the three females who will finish off the story of because they're by far the least interesting part and the two males who kept the tension up to some extent through it. Uh, I still preferred the first one, because I think this one was... Gore wasn't nearly as good. Yeah. It it moves onwards a lot faster, uh, and you get that the second the girl's been captured, you skip forward where the slutty girl is running off with some partner, uh, and the... Uh, art woman at the start who lured them here says she'll keep an eye she'll look out for the nerdy girl and then you go into what it should do which is a load of big eastern europeans nicking them no gets to the point no no it i don't think that is how it goes because it it yeah you get eastern europeans she she sleeps with the guy moves into a sauna area with uh both the girls eastern europeans grab the blonde girl and then, for some bizarre reason, they keep up the pretense that oh, yeah, the woman who brought them there and the main uh, antagonist, this uh, Roman, Italian mafia kind of boss, 
is innocent. They keep up this weird pretense. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they bring the girl to his mansion for some reason rather than just knocking her out then and there. I mean, she was passed out in the sauna. Like, she, she fell asleep in the sauna when her friend was being taken. And fair enough, there's literally a point in the film where they're like, okay, she's here on her own. We're going to send the guys in to fucking go get her. But she was asleep. If they just picked her up while she was asleep and with when her friend was getting taken, the slutty friend was getting taken, this... She doesn't escape. That wouldn't have I mean, happily. She happily goes to the house. Yeah, like I don't know why they didn't just go right. We're gonna take you to our house and then take her to this facility yeah. in the middle of nowhere. They took her to the ha- They took them, took her to their house, dressed her up, let her shower. They put her in this, like these expensive clothes and all that shit. And then, while she's literally in their bedroom, she's like she looks out the window. And sees this woman talking to these fucking generic fucking big dudes in black leather jackets. If you couldn't be any more conspicuous. Should very quickly mention these uh, big dudes turn up the second the bait woman, the Italian woman from the art thing says, Oh, why don't you get some rest, go to sleep. Clearly she doesn't go to sleep immediately because you're in a stranger's house and you want to know your surroundings before you rest. And she looks at the window immediately, and they turn up instantly. Yeah, like idiots, in the front. Yeah, in, in front, front of this the, window, and obviously, door. you're gonna be tense if you were just possibly kidnapped. Yeah, she goes into the bedroom closet, uh, accidentally opens up the decapitated head door. Yeah, which, for some reason, they put her in that bedroom. Uh, and you see the decapitated head of the person from the last film, the protagonist, yeah, uh, Paxton. Paxton. Uh, which it, uh, it's a nice little um, bow tie. Yeah, tied it, up. it's it's a nice little. Okay, that person clearly didn't escape, which I'm fine with. If you like, I'm fine with if you've got like a sequel trilogy sort of thing like this, and the person in the first film doesn't make it to the second one i'm perfectly fine with that it sets up like higher stakes for the this one but it yeah, felt it forces eli to come up with quite a nice way of allowing her to escape at the end yeah uh, i'll leave it till then but it it's quite i think it's intelligent how they wrote it at least it's fitting with the organization yeah it it makes sense coming from the organisation how she got away but again we'll get to that it's just um, I can't remember did she didn't she get oh that was it she she escaped the spa and during the escape of the spa she ran into the kids again and then she gets fucking like kicked to shit yeah I barely need to mention them because they're such a footnote yeah, in the this, kids, the kids uh, really she kicked. Yeah, she gets kicked to shit by the kids, and then the kids get shot by the leader of the hostile no. organization. Yeah, the, basically the dude just says like, "Send one kid forward," and then they all push this one kid, and then he gets shot, and then the others go running free. Again, brass balls the size of yeah, fucking house. I I love these kids, and again, acting superb from all of them. 
Yeah. They are genuinely terrifying. You believe them entirely. And that's one of the reasons why I genuinely believe in this film, I don't know about the first one, but it seems like in this film that they're either working with the the organisation that's doing all this, or because they killed their people last time, they help. They basically are like kind of forced into helping them with these people now. You see, I go back to the they're respected because they're just such badasses <laughs> and they've killed. In in my they've mind, actually canon, killed guards. Yeah, I, I'd love to have it like that, and that's that's how I believe it. Is they've, they've killed guards, they've actually done stuff. Uh, you need bubblegum. Your aim, you your aiming with rocks is better than our aiming with guns. So you guys, you're 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 in. We're paying you, you guys. Go for Eastern gum. Europe. Have bubblegum. Yeah. And then, so basically, all this happens, and the two generic fucking American people that are in this, the two generic American men, they basically... Yeah, uh, they've basically, far more interesting side. Yeah. They've basically won this bid in war to basically torture and kill... Two of the girls. Yeah. Uh, Antagonist the, and slut. I say far more interesting. It's badly written, and it's contrasting... And ridiculous. The character development. Yeah. It's less character development and more. They completely swap. Yeah. About halfway through, uh, which really annoyed me. I think it annoyed me more than anything in the third or the first film. Yeah. Uh, There's just one guy, uh, the big alpha kind of male who keeps talking about. I think they're brothers, from what I gathered. Uh, it's and the al- It seemed like they're like friends or they're brothers or something. One's like a alpha male douchebag businessman, and the other one seems to be like working beneath him. But he's like a family man. He's got a wife, children, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's more or less a dynamic you build up. It's quite simple, but it, it works. And if you kept it consistent, it'd work fine. The alpha male uh, constantly starts saying oh, to kill someone that, you know, it's it's a rush of adrenaline and it makes you uh, a proper alpha. Yeah, it like, the next time you have a meeting, you know when you look in that guy's eyes, you know that he's killed a man, but you're not 100% sure if he has. It's like, it's like a fear thing. He goes into all this about trying to be, like, he's doing it to try and be a better businessman, but that literally doesn't make any sense but literally apparently him and his friend have been talking about it for years which is another thing I don't quite get I'd leave this to myself I wouldn't mention this in the slightest to anyone I know if I was murdering people on the side I feel like 90% of people would find you a complete and not a reprehensible scumbag for that I like to think yeah, I'm not saying most people are good. I'm saying most people are innocuous arseholes that are perturbed. Like if by... someone came up to me, like a, even a friend or a close person to me came up to me and was like, "Yeah, I really want to murder person," I'd be like, uh, "You need to get psychiatric fucking help, maybe." Yeah, I mean, I'll be I'll be friendly with them, you know. Let's let's go down to the police station together. <laughs> <laughs> let's just take a quick walk to the police station. It's fine. Uh, this ain't fucking Dexter. I'm not going to mentor you for years upon years on how to kill people in secret. Yeah. We are going and putting you in the police station somewhere. Maybe put you in a padded room somewhere. You know, get your scene too. But 
this entire friendship is basically the alpha male talking to this family man kind of going yeah we we're gonna do it we've got to do this stop being a pussy and then i don't know how to explain it they uh, i don't even it's literally like they switch places on a dime at one point yeah i i would forgive it if they did this uh, or showed at least less of them until the point where they met the victims and they did it then as a kind of ploy to gain some sympathy with the victims because the the shire guy at the start and the one that's a murderer later on murders the girl because she looks like his ex-wife or tries to murder the girl because she looks like his ex-wife and i could live with the idea that he was feigning sympathy to try to make her feel safe and then kill her but he doesn't want to do it or seems like he doesn't want to do it in front of his friend yeah and then gets really into it later like he gets the tattoo that they all have to get tattoos of this uh dog symbol to show the part of the hunting organization he says oh if i get the tattoo i can't i can't show my wife i'm gonna be in real crap but he gets into it later he fucking loves it, it it's it's super weird when literally he goes into the room or they both go into their own separate rooms the the alpha male douchebag is like, yeah, I've got a fucking hacksaw, and he's like fucking teasing a teasing this uh, blonde slut woman with it, like just trying to like tease her with it, and then it unplugs because he's obviously too far away from the outlet, and he starts pissing himself laughing, and then he <laughs> he puts it in somewhere else, and it seems which I have to say is uh, the organisation clearly very yeah. very resourceful yeah. there with having a plug. It's too fucking short. You think they've at least an extender cable? Yeah, I, I think at some. Uh, I think he literally just plugged it in in the wrong place, because he starts it up again and he's able to fucking like hit her in the face with the hacksaw. Accidentally. Yeah, accidentally. Should have. Like I, I don't. I can't remember what happened. I think maybe someone knocked on the door and he's he 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 hit her. Yeah, or yeah, exactly that. He someone knocks on the door. He kind of trips forward and smacks her in the face, yeah. uh, which again, as I said, the first one, gore, everything in this done really well. In the second one as well, she looks fucked up. Yeah, it's literally the hacksaw blade is like hit her in like where the eye meets the nose sort of thing. So it's like she is fucked up. So like if you smacked a tomato in Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, yeah. she'd fucking look like that with a mallet. Yeah. If you went to town on it, it's it's terrible. And this alpha male douchebag freaks the fuck out. Pisses yeah, himself. Like, yeah. Oh fuck, I've hit someone with this. It seemed like he was only in it for like a taunting sort of thing, maybe. I don't, I don't know, to, to try and intimidate someone or something. I don't know. I mean, I can live with him uh, having the sudden change of yeah. personality because I feel like that's more, uh, oh shit, now it's real. Yeah. This is horrible. Uh, that that's fine for me because then he runs out. I mean, one thing to be fair that cuts it off for me when they're doing the tattoo, they mention, as I presume, some foreshadowing of, oh, this isn't something you can back out of. This isn't a strip club. You can't just run away from yeah. this. Uh, which he says to the shy guy, this alpha male, and you get the impression there that, oh yeah, if you don't go through this, they're gonna kill you. Yeah, yeah. 
certainly the leaders kind of make that clear are you you know having doubts are you hesitating no no he's fine he's fine yeah they'll kill you if you don't go through this but he fucks off anyway yeah and he goes no i don't want to do it knowing presumably full well that he's going to be killed yeah like i understand his his uh switch but literally the family man that's literally like uh i don't want to do this he goes into the room pretty much the polar opposite of the fucking douchebag he goes up to the woman like i'm we're gonna try and get you out blah 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 he starts talking to her and he's like uh they're gonna try and kill us or gonna try and kill one of us and then starts he, he starts talking to her about an escape and whatnot and then i don't know how he does it or what triggers it but he literally flips on a dime and it's just like, it's like some okay. bipolar disorder shared between two mates. Yeah. It's literally it's completely flipped. He f- and flips. he goes from nice guy to complete nutter. Yeah, and he's like, I'm gonna, f- I'm gonna fucking kill you, and I'm gonna fucking do this, that, and the other to you, and whatnot. And then, I mean, it, yeah, beyond that, I mean, that's, I, I could almost live with it if it was just kind of, oh, he sees his ex-wife in her, and that's why. He, flips yeah. ultimately that's why he goes absolutely nuts so he talks to her earlier in a carnival and he's fairly polite there but yeah now he's in the actual situation adrenaline kicks in he goes nuts he goes to kill her but then like the the guy uh his mate the alpha male is murdered by this organization yeah. because he doesn't go through the killing because that's the whole thing that's sorted out in the first film if you don't kill your victim then you have to die you have to kill someone to leave yeah. here to kind of uh, bring you in legally with this whole organisation, you know, you're then uh, in the realm for murder and you won't tell anyone, presumably. This guy's killed. And then they auction off the girl for like $5,000, was it? Yeah, $6, yeah. $6,000, something yeah. really small. And this guy, the guy's been shy almost the entire film. When he's shown this girl, he goes, yeah, you know, yeah, I'll take yeah. her. In this he, most casual he's sense. He's literally like, can I borrow the camera? And then he goes in and he's like, yeah, do you think I could murder your friend? And then he shows the picture of like her fucked up face and whatnot. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'd pay like a grand for... I'd maybe pay a grand for just to kill her, but... I don't know, do you think I should? And then he goes back to the door oh, so and he's like, yeah, I'll fucking do it. If there was some extended edition with like a face-off with Nick Cage <laughs> style thing where they exchanged bodies... I wouldn't be surprised. See, if Nick Cage was playing this fucking dude, I'd I'd fucking love oh, that shit. Oh, God, yeah. See, if Nick Cage was playing the killers, this would uh, this be catapulted into a classic instantly. Yeah. Someone, someone get on that. Do a remake with yeah. Nick Cage and John well, Travolta. Do it, it. do it with, if you can, just like go over his face from the face paint that he used in Ghost, uh, Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider 2 <laughs> just put that face on it I'd fucking love that shit just do that but no it, like he goes away murders this girl uh, this her slut friend whatnot, and then comes back like just half of him's covered in blood like two face the one side of him's covered in blood and then he comes back in like yeah yeah I just killed your friend it wasn't that great to be fair but you know, I'll, I think I'll enjoy killing you bit, a bit more. And then, uh, I can't remember how, like, literally, 
I'm blanking out. He, from. yeah, oh, you're blanking out quite rightly because he basically tries to rape her. Oh yeah, that was it. Yeah. Yeah, I've quite, I, I can imagine someone blanking out at that point because it's. Yeah, he was like, "Get on the floor! You never used to fuck me and all that shit." What? Yeah, I'm it's glad I not that out. only horrendous; it's stupid. Yeah. Which is the uh, killing factor for me. It, again, it's the first film. It's grimy. It's realistic. That it's ridiculous. Absolutely stupid. And the girl quite obviously escapes. She has like a little piston thing that she stabs into him, and she manages to strap him into the chair. Yeah, she she wraps uh, she, him in chains, and then she takes the pistol off the table, and then literally as she's about to leave, she sees that. Um, Oh no! She breaks. She there's breaks ca- the camera in the room. Yeah, there's a camera on in the side that, luckily, the guards happen to be reading for a biker magazine. Which I mean, I can relate to. I'm a Triumph guy. That's uh, it's certainly a lot better than the porn thing from the last yeah. film. I mean, at least they've got fucking some security protocol in the room. At least there's a security camera in there this fucking time instead of just I don't know a dude standing outside. But um. Oh, it improves as it goes along. I've got to give them yeah. that. Yeah, if it was a kind of progress, that's why I think it's more a progression than uh, just a static. This is how it was all yeah. the time, a revisionist thing, because they progress in security all the way through. I say all the way through. They get a lot worse somehow in the third yeah. film. The third one's fucking horrendous. But I mean, in th- in this one, it's like, okay, she shattered the camera in the room, and the dudes are looking at a bike magazine. And then she wraps the dude in chains to the chair. And then... I don't know why she doesn't just fucking shoot him. And then... whatnot. But she goes to leave the room. Like she's going to try and escape. Sees people coming down the corridor. Because they've obviously noticed that the security camera has gone black. Yeah, gets ready to ambush them. Yeah. And uh, she does a decent job. She does about as well as I'd expect her to do. And gets captured. That's, that, that's fine. I imagine that's happened. And then they do something clever. Yeah. Which is staggering. She's literally got like a pair of pliers on this dude's junk that's sitting in a chair. And then she's got a gun to his head, which I don't know why you need both. Point the gun at the fucking people that are coming through the room. That's fine. But yeah, when they all come through the room, into the room, they're like, oh, you're not going to survive any of this. And the dude in the chair is just like, fucking kill her, fucking, fucking shoot the bitch, whatnot. And then, from what I remember, it's literally just, well, I've got money, I'll buy my way out. Yeah, I've got money, I'll buy my way out. And then they laugh at her, and she comes up with this, my mom died of insert disease here, and did job insert here. Yeah. So I've got and a lot of like, money I've, from an inheritance. I've got money stashed away in like, She's like, 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 I've got in the Swiss bank, Swiss bank account somewhere. I've got a ca- account in the Cayman Islands. She lists off all this shit, and the, then they're like, "Okay, we can negotiate," but no one leaves here without killing. Yeah, I, that that I can live. Yeah. I said it's quite a nice yeah, ending. I'm, I'm certainly happy as with they that. they had a quite pessimistic uh, ending for the last one, at least from this second film where the guy died and they showed it you know the stakes are a lot higher it's a lot harder to get out they control the world very much pushed that out in the first film it was refined it was confined to uh, eastern europe this small town in the second one you get the idea it's a worldwide organization they're everywhere 
and with the guy dying you need something to allow them to escape i always say in horror films you need somehow you need an ability to be able to get out you need some way to survive and this is a pretty good way of doing it yeah i mean literally the last yeah i'd say about the last 10 minutes of this film is decent pretty good it's just literally the rest that i'm kind of like what it's the problem with both the first two films yeah. the uh majority of the start is terrible you go through i said see list american pie and then you get to the second half which is great really great some of it the gore's good it's it's certainly worth watching yeah and then and then For that part at least so they say that you can't leave the room uh, can't leave this place without killing so she cuts off this dude's dick with the pliers which is amazing yeah, and throws it to the dog which is it's also and then the uh russian guard or say eastern yeah. european guard just says no yeah. don't eat that yeah which is brilliant i, I laughed this is the one time i laughed in all of these films to be fair this is like the third time i've laughed in this this these films but not for the right yeah. reasons always yeah and then she just obviously walks out and she's got to fucking leave him to bleed to death and whatnot and he's literally just fucking shouting in this chair because he's just had his dick ripped off and then door yeah. closes badass yeah I'm perfectly happy with that and then it skips to a scene where the woman that she'd drawn, drawn naked in Rome is going through the woods or something yeah, she gets her handbag nicked off her. Oh, that was it. Uh, by a child. And this, yeah, I've said the kids, my absolute favourite part of both the first two films. And to kind of tie them up in a nice bow. Uh, not show moralistic. They're psychopaths. Yeah. They nick her handbag and then they trip her up. And the protagonist, the girl in the film, uh, ends up decapitating her as she's sitting on yeah. the floor. And I presume that's implied she gives her head over to the leader of the organisation. Oh, no. The uh, kids start playing football with it. Well, I presumed it was a kind of, she's going to give it eventually to the guy. But yeah, the kids start playing football with it. She's going, great. Yeah. I love that. It's a nice little way to end these ridiculous kids. And then it literally just fades to black and I think that's the end. Yeah, I, mean, I don't mind it. Yeah. The ending to that. It's a lot more... Uh, tied together than the first one certainly yeah, there, at least your version there's a bit more it seems like structure in place for not only them uh, I don't want to say like them as a business or a company or whatnot because that just sounds ridiculous but them as like a seedy organisation sort of thing yeah they, they focus a lot better yeah. uh, on the organisation themselves which is to the benefit certainly of the series because the actual victims are boring yeah uh and so yeah it's it's done well definitely a, a good way of pushing it there's just little bits in the in this film that kind of i wouldn't say like are pointless cause, well i would say that the they are pointless but they're it's more than nothing statements if you know what i mean it literally it it feels like most of it's filler it, until we get to the part where obviously we're in a gore porn film so yeah, you get I, I'd say personally the second half or that the absolute last 20 minutes are better than the first film yeah. 
but overall I prefer the first one. Yeah, overall in general I'd say the first one's better, but the second well yeah, last like 10 20 minutes of this film is probably the better. It's a better ending at least. It's the best part of the franchise, yeah. the last kind of 20 minutes of this film. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Okay then. Uh finish off the first two films work our way towards the third film which we've been uh, hyping up a little bit, fair to say yeah, I wouldn't say it's the peak of the trilogy it's the peak, but it... it's the mm. bottom of the trilogy, it's the absolute worst, it's the worst film I've seen I think for the last five years, I think I can confidently say that, and I've I've seen a lot of crap I don't, the last five years I don't know, I have seen a lot of crap myself and in those last five years, one of that pe- that one piece of crap is also known as the worst film ever made. To be fair, I so, think this is more entertaining than a lot of the shit I've seen in the last five years. Yeah, I, I mean, I loved every second of this. So, I mentioned Eli at the start. I'll go with the director again, because this actually changed it up. This was, uh, believe it or not, straight to DVD. Didn't hit theatres. I know nowadays really? you get the whole straight to Netflix thing. I have a feeling, there's a few films, there was a film with about Sherlock Holmes and Watson with Will Ferrell and his partner in crime, John C. Riley, that they tried oh, to dump on Netflix yeah. and failed. I have a feeling that if Hostel 3 mm-hmm. was in the same position, they'd fail to get it dumped on Netflix. So, uh, directed by an actual big hitter, another friend of Tarantino, uh, and a friend of Sam Raimi in this case, uh, a man by the name of Scott Spiegel, who also directed such classics as uh, Dust Till Dawn 2, which I've been told reliably is terrible. I, Fred, I can't attest to that myself because I'm never going to watch it in my life. Go for it. And uh, written by a man called Michael Wise, who also wrote such classics as Octopus 2, River of Fear, and I'll Always Know What You Did Last Summer, which, again, I'm not watching either of, I don't know. I've seen Sharktopus. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's at least fun. Uh, with yeah, I, I have a little theory with this one. I mean, Scott Spiegel wrote Evil Dead Two. Evil Dead Two. It's not even. It's almost objectively the best horror film ever made. It's my favourite film personally. My favourite film ever that was produced. It's my favourite horror film. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think anyone can have a go at you for ever saying it's your favourite horror film. Yeah. I reckon there was some sort of karmic imbalance in the world when he wrote Evil Dead 2. Some like horror god out there said that you've wrote one of the best things ever made, so now you've got to make absolute shit but, to make people equally miserable. And I honestly reckon if a genie came up to me, bearing in mind that Evil Dead 2 is my favourite film of all time, if a genie came up to me and said, look, we can erase Scott Spiegel from the world, so he never existed, I think I'd take that fucking deal so I never have to watch Hostel 3 ever again. <laughs> you know... As much as it pains me to say this, I don't think I'd take that. Ju- I don't think I'd take that deal just because, in a bad B movie kind of way, I actually liked this. Seriously? Don't get me wrong. It's a horrible film, and no one should ever watch this unless you're a masochist. Because this movie was fucking hilarious, unintentionally, but it was hilarious. Yeah, so, uh, for this one, uh, I suppose the last two, I took notes on the cast, 
the directors and just a couple general scenes. Uh, for this one, I got so bored, I had to take timestamps everywhere. I had to pause the film and just go, this bit is stupid. And put in a little notation of exactly when it happened, followed by a description. It fills pages. I, I just want to actually say, did he write Evil Dead 2 or did he co-write it with Sam Raimi? Oh god, co-write. Uh, that's Scott oh, Spiegel, then... the guy who directed it. Yeah, oh, God, co-write, yeah. He didn't touch it. Thank God he didn't touch all of it. I can only imagine yeah. what would have happened. If if that were the case, there'd be some guy who would be screwing the severed head of Ash's old girlfriend and saying, I wished I was his her husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And obviously you'd have some ridiculous twist ending where the wind would cut out and there'd be some guy who died in the first one who said, I'm still alive. It's, this is this is going to be a long one. Yeah, this yeah, I've got a lot to talk about in this one. Uh, so I think, yeah, we'll go over the general plot because it's, I don't want to say convoluted, it's fairly simple, but the amount of ridiculous fake outs that this thing does takes the piss. It mm-hmm. here, there and everywhere. So it's very similar to the first film where it's four pretty much horny dudes, or three horny dudes in the first film's case, but in this case four, who go to a, not even a remote area, Las Vegas. Yeah, so basically it's the setup is one dude's getting married, they're all going for a bachelor party, he tells his wife, or his fiance, sorry, hey, we're only going to go to the golf club, it's going to be fine, he takes like a, he literally carries out a bag of golf clubs he thinks he's going golfing but his best friend who also who, hits on his wife for some yeah, reason also hits on yeah literally in the first scene of the film it's literally like fiance hey, why, yeah. why why didn't we work you know we could still be a thing yeah not why fiance i should say but yeah in the first scene this guy hits on the fiance and goes yeah the whole why couldn't we work which i honestly at the start I think I had had a much greater expectation for the film than the first plot point they kind of put forward, where this guy says that, you know, I fancy you, why couldn't we work? I just assumed that was this guy's a dick to say See. this to a fiancé. Honest to God, yeah, I didn't think it was going to come up again. I thought it was just weird writing and left it at, that was weird, continue on. But it turns out that's the main driving force behind the plot. See, I heard that, and I don't know if it was me, and how I'm used to watching B-movies at this point, I literally clicked on straight away. I was like, okay, so he's, he's probably the uh, bad guy at the end. He just had a lot I'm less like, faith in it than I did. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously the killer, if you watch it with any degree of scrutiny, that I didn't to begin with. Uh, um... Yeah, I, I think you'd given up by like the second <laughs> film, maybe. <laughs> You're just like, I'm just getting through this, it's fine. I think when you get... When you get to the point that Eli Roth says, I've given up, I'm not writing this, I'm not touching this. <laughs> I think at that point I said, nah, they're not that smart. They're not smart enough to come up with a really stupid twist. To me, it, uh, I, I don't know how to, how else to ex- explain it, but a B-movie Sixth Sense, where I can pretty much watch, like, 10, 20 minutes of a B-movie and be like, okay, this is the plot, this is what's going to happen. The shittest superpower imaginable. Worse than anything Carl Pilkington could come up with. 
And I need to, yeah, we need to quickly go over the first scene. Because that's, I think that's the most heinous thing for me, personally. The first thing I've wrote uh, in my timestamps here, that a minute in, a complete weirdo gets used to get the marks. In the first two films, you've got these hot women. You've got a girl from Italy, a girl from Eastern uh, Eastern Europe. She's like from Russia or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But just really good-looking girls. You can imagine can pull in guys like this. In the second film, you've got a really hot Italian girl. And yeah. you can imagine, at the very least, a girl, pretty girl. Yeah, you can believe the innocence there. You can see it. In this film, you get the creepiest-looking fucker I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> He goes yeah. into a random room with yeah, this... Yeah, he holds up a key and he's like, yeah, sorry, I might have the wrong room. And the woman in there, literally, she's she's getting changed, I think. Half naked? Yeah, and she's not like, get the fuck out. She's just like, no, no, come in. This might again come to me having too much faith. This film, or not enough, as it were, but I couldn't see him as the villain because I thought this is, again, too stupid. Yeah, to... I was like, okay... Okay, maybe maybe this woman and dude, they're the bad guys. Because at one point, the bad uh, uh, the dude that's in the room already lifts up. He goes to grab like a bottle of vodka or something out of his bag, and he you spot like a knife in his bag. And I'm clearly like, okay, they've never been this overt in grabbing someone before. Maybe maybe this creep that's just walked into a random room is the one that's gonna get kidnapped. Yeah, uh, and then it goes the complete opposite direction. It's twisting it, but not in a good fucking way at all. Yeah. You don't expect it, but I mean, you go. I wouldn't expect there to be a full orchestra come out and start singing "Come on, Eileen" halfway through the film. It doesn't mean it's good, but I don't yeah. expect it. And this guy, <laughs> he acts like a creepy weirdo. He looks like one, and he acts like one the entire time. He's this snivelling creep who you'd immediately tell to fuck off. There wouldn't be a second's hesitation. He'd come in, you'd say, wrong room, get the hell out. Yeah, I think this same guy's played the exact same character in Walking Dead, I think. He played like a snivelling douchebag creep. Give him props for playing a snivelling douchebag. He does a snivelling douchebag very well. I don't know. I don't know why I didn't expect him to be the exact same character he played before, but I... because it's ridiculous that he would be, because no one in their no organization in their right mind would go. Who are we going to get to uh, bring in victims for our weird murder cult that's added new gambling rules that make no sense? Who are we going to get to do that? Oh yeah, we're going to get the creepiest looking twat off the street. And we're going to send him in because he's charismatic. He'll bring them in. And there's, there's so many points where they, they get beer that's drugged and they assume people will drink it. Yeah. It's like the this dude that's in the room pulls out like a full bottle of vodka and the guy goes, oh no, I've got beer in my bag. If it were me, I'd go, no, I'm good. Yeah. I've got I'll, vodka. I'll drink, I'll, I've dr- I'll drink what I've got, thanks. Just because, I don't know, you're a fucking stranger that's just walked into my fucking room. Stranger that's walked into my room with a six-pack, looks fucking weird, in a crappy hotel in Vegas. I'm (laughs) alright. I'll get my own drink. That no one's touched, and I'm sure you'd be amazed to hear this. They both fall unconscious, the two Ukrainians. Because this weirdo drugged the beer and they drank it. There's this scene, as the girl falls unconscious in the bathroom, 
and the guy starts shouting out, I'll oh, get a doctor, get a doctor, and this guy is still creepy. Yeah, he just stands and watches, and then when the dude grabs him, because he's starting to feel the effects of this fucking drug take hold, he just pulls his arm away like, you don't touch me. I, think- I don't understand anything that's happening at this point. What really makes this beyond ridiculous after that is then the two couples, they're bagged up in these black bags, obviously person-shaped, like garbage bags, basically, trash bags, and they carry it out. And you, you come back to, especially from the first ones, why the hell didn't they just beat the crap out of them? Yeah. Why didn't they just cut out the middleman? Because clearly they're carrying out person-shaped black bags. No one can give a shit then. Yeah. Plus, it's it's... Las Vegas, you could just go, yeah, sorry, these two people drank too much. I'm just taking them wherever. And then, yeah, once that scene's over and done with and I've lost most of my faith in the film already, uh, they cut (laughs) to where they're held. They're held in these kind of little prison cells, more or less, uh, cages. They have collars around their neck with hook points, which I never quite understood the point of. Yeah, I uh, I do want to I do want to point this out. So, Slovakia, this like country that, like apparently in this in this this film has like had wars and God knows what going on around. They have full on, iron like thick prison cells sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, it's it's really secure. It's yeah. sturdy. They've got um a really good security system as well, where to be let out. You have to have a person on the other side with a camera in the room, but yeah. buzz you out. You put a code in that like alarms them to say that you want to come out, and then they let you out. In this, it's a chain link gate with a little padlock. In in in, in Las fucking Vegas, where they're fucking rolling in money that I can only assume, and they're just like, ah, you know what? It's fine. Just chain link fences. We'll put colours on them. Which have no purpose. Yeah, they're no, they're not explosive colours. They're not anything like that. It's literally so. When you go to the vets and you've got the animal in the cage, you put the collar on while they're in, still in the cage, so you can pull them out with like a long, like wooden shaft, so you don't have to put your hands fucking close to like get bitten or whatnot. They do that with the people, but I'm like, they're not gonna bite you. They're gonna fucking punch you in the face. That's what they're gonna do. Oh, they don't, and then don't even use the neck collars. It's just they grab it uh, by a hook and then grab them anyway. Yeah, yeah. They they grab. They use this like rod to grab them by the neck. After they've used this, they've got like stun rods on them, and they constantly fucking stun them. Which I feel would be pretty much all you need. Yeah, stun them. Wait till they fall to the ground, then just pick them up and fucking carry them wherever. But in this, they're like, no, stun them, they're still standing, put the collar on, and then we'll just grab them by the arms and walk them to wherever they need to go. Yeah, that's the setup you've got here. It's, for one, it takes away that gritty realism that the first the first one had in a nut. But the third one, that gritty realism is gone. It's dead. Absolute fantasy at this point. Which is perpetuated by the four leads, the three of them victims, one of them an insider uh, killer. About late 20s, I remember one of them was 29, 
I think one of the victims, it was said when he was being bidded off on. Uh, they don't look yeah. it. One of them looks like in his fucking 40s. Yeah. Yeah. They're all supposed to be fairly young, but most of them look twice the age of some of the others. Yeah, I mean, I understand it for teenage films where you don't want to get 17-year-olds who can't act for shit to play 17-year-olds, but when you've got 29-year-olds, they can act, for God's sake, get someone who looks vaguely 29. Or someone who looks like he's on his 19th bottle of vodka for the day at the age of 50. <laughs> Basically, the four leads, they, the best man goes to, his be- uh, goes to the groom-to-be, his house, and uh, the fiancé and him are like kissing and giving all that lovey dovey shit on the on the porch. Uh, yeah, they they as you said, they best man says they're going on a fishing trip. Uh golf. Par or golf, yeah, to Palm Springs, I think it was called. Yeah, yeah, yeah some of that. Presume it sounds like some Florida. <laughs> no, I suppose it's Nevada, isn't it? Las Vegas, so it'd be somewhere in California. And they start yeah, eventually the guy says, Oh, we're not going to Palm Springs are, he says no, and they end up in Las Vegas, which I presume is just to, I think, I have a theory, the first one, obviously I said it's a Z-less American pie, because that was the big comedy of the era, and that was just trying to get everyone in to watch it. This film was made in 2011, The Hangover Part 2 was made in May, this was made in December, Hangover Part 1, May 2009, I think when you get American Pie, the big comedy greats of each year yeah. the hangover was the big fucking one of the early two early 2010s i think the only reason they set this in las vegas was because of the hangover it's it's highly possible at this point they have four friends one they're all trying to find each other and all that shit yeah one so at some point one goes missing the main guy the fiance but they fake it out yeah and uh, Another guy goes missing. I really think the only reason they did this in Las Vegas is because the hangover came out. I mean, right, so you find out that the fiance, the the the, main, uh, the protagonist, should we say, the, it's the main guy, find out that he's cheated on his fiance before and he, he doesn't want to do it again. So he's in Las Vegas. Around strippers, yeah. not wanting to touch yeah. any of them. Yeah. They yeah. go gambling. There's, there's one... They have a woman as that's doing their crap tables at at the time, and then obviously shift change, and that's uh, an Asian guy come on. Yeah, and Indian they make guy some weird racist joke. Yeah, for some reason. The, yeah, the first guy that goes missing makes a weird racist joke, and you're like, okay, yeah, that guy can die. Fine. I don't know if it was specifically done to lose sympathy entirely with the guy. Yeah. The guys, the guys generally complete douchebags, especially the racist. He eggs on the strippers. Uh, at one point, actually, on the crap table, he starts talking to the fiance protagonist guy about marriage being a dead end. Yeah, yeah. You've literally got again. This is from The Hangover as well. Just the one guy in the group that's like, "This is the fucking end of your life. Just, just kill yourself now." Sort was that of thing. Bradley Cooper? Or was that Ed yep. Helm? Yeah, it was Bradley Cooper, wasn't it? He kept yep. going on about how marriage is completely dead. And yeah. he had Ed Helm and he was like, aren't that. you married? And he's like, yeah. That's why I can speak from experience. It's literally the sa- It's literally copy and paste that same conversation going on. And then, obviously, while they're... while they've, After they've said the racist comment and left the craps table... Oh, sorry, there's one disabled guy in there. 
But yeah, I, 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 with... I didn't see a problem with him. He didn't seem like a dickhead to me. No, I mean, they, they mention it a couple times, how he's an unfortunate side effect. Yeah. Uh, unnecessarily. He's a really nice guy. Yeah. And, yeah, even compared to, like, the other films where the, the, the girls in the second film were very nice, you know, they... They didn't seem like they deserved to die. This guy really didn't seem like he deserved to die. He stuck no. out for his mates. He did all sorts of stuff, and it, it felt a little wrong that he was killed the yeah, way yeah, he yeah. was. Yeah, I mean, so they're in the casino at the moment. They've left the craps table, and then they notice that two women are just staring out the main protagonist. Two women that moment. look roughly ten years younger. Yeah, than everyone. <laughs> which isn't Basically, at all suspect Not tell the, they way. tell them about this freaky party they could go to on the other side of the town these four fucking idiots just go yeah sounds like a good idea and take a cab to an abandoned fucking building take a cab in uh, so you find out in a little bit that it's not the actual killer that set this all up it's the douchebag that set all this up the slightly racist arsehole was it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you're, the two uh, prostitutes that they get to lure them into this area, both of them die later on in the film. One of them gets put in a cheerleader outfit and yeah, uh, right. is killed with cockroaches. The other one is eventually shot and killed. None of it has anything to do with the killers from what I could tell. It just has something to do with Mike, for some fucking reason, the racist douchebag. Yeah, because I he... genuinely thought it was Carter. Uh, no, no, honestly. bad guy. No, it's literally nothing to do with him. Then what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, it, genuinely it's, a fake out. it's a fake-out. It's another fake-out. There are hundreds of them in this film. It's hard That's to notice, stupid. yeah, because there are millions of them. I've Yeah, wrote down here, the creepiest taxi ride in existence. So they they take this taxi ride, this creepy-ass taxi ride, with the, just the, the driver just staring them out. He's playing loud music... And he, one of them asks to turn it down, and he turns it down by one like volume, and just looks at them, and he's like, "Yeah, great, thanks." I think he doesn't turn out to be part of the organization. No, he's just tell. a dick. He's just <laughs> fucking weird. He stares at them as they walk into the club. His fair meter doesn't work for some reason. He just says, "Oh, give me twenty dollars, and we'll call it even." Yeah. Another red herring. There are God knows how many of them in this film. But yeah, he drops them off in an abandoned factory district, some industrial area. They have to knock on a door and yet another red herring. Yeah. This bouncer comes up, very similar to in the first film, where he walks into the factory uh, and they claim it's an art gallery. The whole, oh, you get what you pay for. Yeah. This is unnecessarily incredibly creepy and asks, were you invited? And all I could think of in my head was... No, I wasn't invited. I've come to this random factory in the middle yeah. of nowhere. I just thought I'd knock this random abandoned factory door because I expected someone to answer. So yeah. they they knock on the door and just say, yeah, fucking these two escorts. They don't know they're escorts at this point. These two people invited us and they go, oh, yeah, come in. They walk through pretty much an abandoned factory. said it's just corridor after corridor. And the guy has to take a call from his wife, sits through, uh, the douchebag says something douchebaggy and walks off, takes the other three away. At this point, I honestly did think they were kidnapped, to be fair. 
the fourth. Please, God, get this over with. <laughs> uh, it turns out, yeah, it's his bachelor party. Literally just a party. Um, I I genuinely thought that that dickhead, I want to be your wife's boyfriend sort of thing. The uh, shoulders crying guy. Up. Yeah, I genuinely thought he'd set it up. And then these two escorts are like, yeah, surprise, whatever. And then one of them tries to sleep with the main guy, even though she knows that he's, you know... <laughs> Getting yeah. married. I wrote down here, soon to be married man goes into a private room with a stripper, literally just to talk. Yeah. Uh which I mean the stripper, I fair enough. If if you go in with a, a guy even a, a soon to be married guy in Las Vegas, you presume, yeah, he's up for it. But yeah. no, he just goes, he kisses her, makes out with her a little, goes, No, I've got I've got a fiance. I can't do anything. I've already cheated on her once. Can't yeah. do it again. And he just sits there and says, oh, do you want to talk? And then that kind of just fades out because, fuck me, why, who cares what... Yeah, who cares? He's, yeah, they try to build up some level of character for this fiancé, try to make him look like a good guy, but... Yeah, they he's... try to make him look a, look like a good guy. They try to give her, like, a bit of... Depth, depth. to her? Yeah. yeah I guess. Uh, but problem is at this point he just looks like a weirdo that's gone in with a stripper to make out and has just about stopped himself yeah going like any basically further. it looks like to all of his mates oh yeah he's gone in and fucked this woman so at this point his dickhead friend could literally take a picture of him going into a, a private room and get the exact same effect without any of this murder shit oh god yeah yeah it'd yeah. save a lot of money for everyone involved it literally like cut the film there, done. Uh, it goes into a room where Mike, the racist dickhead, has gone into another private room with the other escort, and yeah. basically one. Th- it, it is insinuated that they've had sex, and everyone wakes up the next morning and they're like, "Oh, he's not here yet." Wink, wink. Ha ha ha. Maybe we should give him a call. Yeah, but it's it's said earlier in the film that he turns his phone off in case his wife calls. He's got like an eighty mile sex radius to make oh, him right, just okay. sound like more of a prick. Yeah, if he's with outside of eighty miles of his wife, he turns his phone off so he can sleep with other women. Again, not making this guy out to sound like he's a good guy, so we don't mind if like this guy gets killed. Uh, he doesn't pick up, obviously, and then it cuts to him waking up in a cell, and he starts like. Yeah, and this is like really a- absolutely where it lost me. I know I mentioned, again, the second one, where they lost the grittiness when it was the ritual. I know you said, yeah, it was a bit of a difference in psychopathy. There was a woman yeah. who did a blood ritual and stuff. It had a bit of variation to it. But this one, I really think you can't say anything, but it's lost that grittiness. It's just gone to such a ridiculous yeah. extremity uh, that it's, it's fancy, purely. Yeah. It looks like some doctor's office gambling room it's got champagne running around the guy uh he first off he wakes up in these ridiculous cages seeing the uh ukrainian and he has this the stupid neck uh, hook thing he's got on him and the guards the guards take him out there he bring him into what looks like kind of like a surgical observatory yeah, it looks like it's gonna. It's a UK thing. Uh, you ever seen the Cube? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cube classic. It literally it looks like that. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a room of the cube, just with like uh, horror uh, scalpels and shit. It's it's like a chair in the middle of a room, glass uh, glass walls. I think they might be two way, maybe. Yeah, I, I was wondering that if it was one way or two way, because at least later on in the film, you get the feeling that the guy doesn't know there are people on the other side. But the f- yeah, at least with Mike, the guy he like shows the face and he does all sorts of stuff. I read really yeah know. I, I mean i think it, it makes sense for the torturer to know that there's people outside but the person like sitting in a chair maybe doesn't know i think it's one way what? uh but yeah mike he gets dragged out uh the ukrainian's wife's already been dragged out at this point and they shot yeah, the tasers and the, the guards in this one should mention well the guards in the first two are quite laissez-faire quite nonchalant uh with everything it's more like a job for them which again a lot scarier for me if you take it casually if you think you know this is routine that's terrifying. Some yeah. guy thinks I don't care if you live or die. These guys are psychopaths. Yeah, yeah. These guys are like full on taunting the people in the cages and shit like that. It's pathetic, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like pathetic the, is the exact word to put it. It takes it to such again a ridiculous extreme that you lose reality yeah. really quickly. Uh, and I mean, talking about losing reality rather than just going through the standard torture stuff in the first two films where you had you know a drill go through the knee which was horrifying to look at uh, Achilles tendons cut eyes cut out that sort of stuff in this one the guy cuts his face off yeah he does like a really shit Nick Ca- I don't know why we keep coming back to Nick Cage but <laughs> he removes his face I think that's what it was. I, was, um, I was hoping at that point the film it would redeem itself in my <laughs> eyes if uh, in kind of like Hellraiser he stapled the face onto his own and then walked yeah. around and tricked the other three into coming to the facility. Yeah, he, as he done a Mike. joker or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd, yeah I would immediately give it a pass if it went down yeah. that route. But no, he just puts his face on some sort of little yeah, model. Yeah, he puts his face, yeah, like a little mannequin head, like what you use at hairdressers, like when you're doing the hairdressing course or some shit. I don't think they use CGI. I'm blind as a fucking bat sometimes, but uh, it's not CGI. It's just yeah, very bad. It's rubbish. Like, yeah, it's very bad. Just face paint, I think. Yeah, it just seemed quite thin to me. It, yeah, it uh, didn't look like the proper viscosity that blood would have. It went down. I, mean, I suppose him with his face off that looked all right. It's nowhere near the same. It's direct video, to be fair. So I don't expect it to be quite the same quality. Yeah. But that's the whole point. I expect that's where your budget went. And yeah, you've got these big points in each of the three films. The first film, you've got the eye being cut out. That's the big finale, really, the climax. Second film, you've got the guy's dick gets ripped out. In this film, I don't think you really have anything. You have the face ripped off, but it's not big enough. It's just a bit crap. Yeah, It's like a 60-year-old having an ejaculation. It's (laughs) It just dribbles. They they also gamble. That's one gimmick they try to add in that fails miserably slightly later on. They have uh, Las Vegas-style gambling on various things of the victims. The first one, they have what he'll try to plead so he saves himself or how quickly he'll plead to save himself. And they have kind of stuff like, I've got a family, I've got kids, uh, I've got this, I've got that. And oh, what, was that what that was? Yeah, yeah, the the whole wheel thing. With like two to yeah. one, five to one. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. No, I genuinely like thought 
it was going to be like, oh, we're going to use your family again. I genuinely thought at that point they'd bring his like family in and be like, yeah, we're just going to fucking murder these in front of you. No, no, it's a, it a betting thing to see what he'd yeah. plead. Like, I don't... Literally, as soon as I saw it, I forgot it. And then when you just brought it up, I was like, yeah, what was that? This, but, they, they do okay. bring it up again later, but it's, uh, as they yeah. try to continue the gimmick. You also say, as you mentioned, the weirdo at the start, it turns out to be some sort of CEO right-hand man. Yeah. It's creepy fucking... Yeah, he's wearing a like really shit suit. It's that's it's like... worse than the suit I wore to my sixth form prom. Like, really shit suit. Looks like he shouldn't be literally anywhere near this place. I mean, I don't mean to bring age into it, but when you're in your... It looks about, like, mid-twenties. Yeah. Uh, I don't see that as a guy who's going to rise this far up the ranks in an organisation that's already been shown to be worldwide. It's got big, burly fucking guys as the right-hand men. Not this scrawny little weirdo. Yeah, uh, guy dies. Mike dies, which no one cares about. And then yeah. most of the rest of the film is trying to find what happened to Mike and uh, the stripper who also gets captured with Mike. You're never quite told how they got captured or... Uh, yeah, because the three that survive, the three dudes that survive, somehow find out the escort that he stayed with's trailer house or something. Yeah, uh, they they kind of glance in. over it. Uh, the cripple is apparently really good at tracking down websites or something. He just says in a offline, "I can hack." Oh yeah, he he says like, "Oh, I'm a is serial stalker or some shit like that," or which is just creepy. Yeah, honestly, it just it, like doxes random women online and just stares yeah. at them through the window. I, I don't want to know how he's crippled. I have a few theories. <laughs> Probably falling out of a tree, looking in someone's window with binoculars. So that happens. They go to a trailer, break in, and whatnot. And can't find out. Yeah, then they have this the... trailer. I, th- I really want to extrapolate on this house. This trailer that's about two rooms big, three rooms big, yeah. maybe. At most, it's like a caravan. If you ever holidayed in like Wales or some shit, it's about as big as that. Which you'd be able to hear people from if you just put your ears against the wall. You don't have to break into it. Yeah. If you knock on the door and no one answers, no one's there. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't hear at least a single footstep. Yeah, no one's there. It goes to this white so, trash area and break in to the caravan, which is ill-advised anywhere, but especially a place like this, uh, where you really don't want to piss off people who are fairly trigger-happy, as you find out fairly quickly. Uh, when the, the second escort arrives with some random guy, and it's just like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, she's missing, don't know where she's been, I thought you guys might have done something with her, but apparently your friend's missing. Maybe we should team up or some shit. They get a text through. The big burly guy with the shotgun, for some reason, just says, oh, you know what, you can fucking deal with it, and leaves. Yeah. He's never seen again. <laughs> He's just... <laughs> leaves it's like, you've this got this, it's fine. Poor girl, this poor prostitute, on her own, uh, with these three guys she's never met before. She's never really met before. She doesn't know them. They could have done yeah, anything to her mate, but he goes, her. you know what, fuck it, you seem to have it, and leaves her with them. And they get a text through from the organisation hostel, pretending to be from their friend Mike, which 
is of the other prostitute, Nikki, I think I remember her name was, in a cheerleader outfit that the weird, creepy pervert at the start dressed yeah, her yeah. up in. It's, it's a picture of her in that. Oh, she's dead at this point because a dude walks into a room and puts a jar of cockroaches in her mouth and she suffocates. Um, yeah, and... Yeah, yeah. Her cadaver looks like a cadaver. She looks dead. Yeah. In the picture, she is a, she is grey. She is like with she is, extended she like mouth. She, she just looks terrible. And, and then they're like, "Yeah, take a picture of her." This is clearly enough evidence to say, "Yeah, we're into some freaky shit." Um, and uh, oh yeah, and I don't usually point these things out. I don't like to nitpick because I always think films they're not improved by the odd continuity ever. But stuff like this, where the woman is still fucking breathing when she's dead, that's a problem that's easily fixed. You can clearly see her chest rising up and down. And then something that annoys me even more than that, the bit of dialogue slightly after, where they start talking about Vegas, oh, uh, can we call the police, should we do this, should we do that? The prostitute that's still alive replies with, oh no, missing person cases, they're not thought about in uh, Las Vegas they have to be missing for a week before anyone will do anything the the 24 hour thing is annoying enough for me there's something like a 70% death rate after 24 hours a week is just ridiculous they're dead if they're not going to do anything before a week they're not going to do anything after a week they're just dead just say they don't give a shit if some prostitute goes missing don't come up with this rubbish logic that you try to shove in if it's a week yeah they're dead no one gives a crap Oh, right. Uh, yeah, they uh, they get this text through, and they end up going to a hostel called Hostel because this film, obviously, you know, it's it's not subtle. They head in uh, to a room which has four beer cans on the side. Uh, the cripple waits in the car during all this because he says he'll keep a watch out. Yeah, it, I was literally hoping for him to just, like, see them get kidnapped and then him being, like, the fucking running and gun... I'm going to kill everyone sort of thing. Yeah, I, mean, even I was beats literally up. hoping for that. He beats up the weirdo uh, yeah. with his crutch at one point. Like He doesn't beat him up, but he hits him with the crutch. And I thought, oh, great, this guy will survive. This guy's yeah. g- The other guy's going to hit his like, head on the car. He's going to collapse down, and the uh, cripple's going to come in with a shotgun and you know, take yeah, aim. Yeah, literally, the film, he comes up to him. He's like, yeah, Mike sent me down um, because he's at a bar or whatnot. And then he goes, yeah, by the way, can you look at this? And pulls out a can of mace and sprays him in the face. Thinking, yeah, dude's crippled. He ain't going to fucking fight back. Dude picks up his fucking cane, just uh, uh, his walking stick, and fucking whacks him one. I'm like, yes, you fucking do this shit. And then he just gets fucking clubbed once and that's it. Yeah. I'm like, The guy gets oh. back up and just punches him a cripple in the head. That's it. Yeah. It ends anyway. As for the others, they get into the room. They get a text from Mike or a note left on the side. Yeah, they they get a. There's a note on the side saying, "Hey, we left some beers out for you. Take and have some. We'll be back Which, in a bit." I mean, originally, I honestly thought they were going to drink them and they were going to be drugged again. Yeah. But instead, they quite wisely, I should to be fair say, I'm not giving the film credit for this. I'm giving the characters credit for this. They uh, ignore the beers and go into the bathroom, as anyone in the right mind should. They put a bit of pressure on the bathroom window, and they open a secret door accidentally. And then a load of people in gas masks come out and start spraying them. Yeah. If the beer wasn't the plan, 
why did you leave about eight SWAT teams in gas masks to rush in? Like, see, don't get me wrong, I understand like having backup plans just in case. But to have your backup plan be uh, just have some fucking dudes in gas masks and we're like low gas tech. Masks. Yeah, I was like, um, you're in Las Vegas. You're in, you're in a hostel that I presume your company owns or your organization owns. Just have like the gas come out of the I don't know the plug of the fucking shower. Well, yeah, they uh, and they knock them unconscious, put them in black bags once again, like the Ukrainian couple, and then just walk them out of the hostel, presumably, and then throw them in a van, which isn't at all suspicious. And then with the cripple who they've beat up, it's on the ground at this point. They don't even bother with the black bag. Yeah, they just throw them in, which and begs the question: Why bother with the garbage bags in the first place if you're just going to drag out these obviously body-shaped bags into the back of a van and drive because on? Because thinks that's subtle. It's more suspicious than just <laughs> holding yeah. regular unconscious drunk people in Las Vegas. Yeah, especially in Vegas, you like, oh yeah, my friend just drank too much, don't worry about it. And yeah, as I said before, I'm a coward. If someone said that to me, I'd go, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I'd be like... Not my problem. I mean, we're in Vegas, of course they're going to fucking drink too much. Cool, whatever. So it cuts to the next scene where they're literally all in separate cages except for main protagonist and best man who you traitor. know is the bad guy the nice guy traitor yeah uh, and then... who i mean in a stunning twist that no one i'm sure no one could guess he has the tattoo of the organization which i think is one of the only references to this actually being a hostile film in the entire thing yeah he uh, shows that's one of the guards and he's let out almost immediately as the cripple is being taken to be tortured. It's, yeah, I, shame for the cripple. He's one of the few characters in this, yeah. one of the few actors that did a good job. I, I do want to like ask, obviously he dies, he gets shot by multiple crossbow bolts, and I think they're all betting on how many bolts it would take to yeah, kill him. Yeah, that's what I was going with earlier. When you, yeah, you missed obviously the betting with the, the family thing. Assume you saw this betting then with the arrows coming through, where they said, "Oh, nine arrows to kill." They shot the last arrow for his fucking head. Yeah, of course that was the last arrow to kill him. Yeah, it's it's so riggable. This just oh yeah, put five million on two arrows. We'll shoot the second one through his head. Nice and done. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if you caught it, but he's he at one point he's like, "It's okay." Do you remember him saying that at all? No, no. Because he's I've... strapped in the chair and he's he's had like the eight or fucking seven bolts or whatever put in him. Yeah, fucking 50 cents sitting there taking arrow like a champ. Yeah, and he's literally like, yeah, it's okay. And I'm like, if someone's shooting me with crossbow bolts, I'm not fucking telling him, yeah, it's okay. I'm like, fuck you, you're going to fucking die painfully. If not by Honestly, me, I by think someone I'm... else. I'm fucking screaming. I think yeah. during all this, it, it was remarkably quiet, uh, which would be fine for a badass, but you got nine hours for you, you're a normal guy. The first two films got this right, and everyone screamed. Yeah, and he was just like, it's okay. One thing I've got noted down here, it happened with Mike as well, the <clears throat> racist arsehole that got murdered, mm. and with the cockroach woman who got moved onto a flat plane, and with this guy who had smoke poured into his room at one point. 
constantly the audience that's looking through the one-way glass or two-way glass. Yeah. Their view's obscured entirely. <laughs> uh, and you see this random bold guy who looks really happy constantly. It's the only guy they cut to during these scenes. This one guy in the audience that just looks ecstatic. Yeah. Almost like RuPaul. Yeah. Just sitting there for that drag race thing that just sits there like clapping and laughing along. There's this bizarre, this one weirdo in the audience they cut to, and his view is obscured for 90% of it. This is all set up to, like, entertain the customers and shit, and they're missing most of it. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, yeah, the the guy dies uh, from the nine arrows shot through him, and then someone to bet for nine arrows victory. Good for you. And then, yeah, they, they announce out that this isn't the last event... And they bring out the main protagonist. Yeah, and, and he's dressed the, in a white tuxedo and all that shit. I think it was implied that that was what he was going to get married in. I think was the idea. Yeah. And they they strap him down onto a table and they bring out who uh, the uh, nice guy, Charles Kai, who's the villain of the whole thing, the best man, uh, into the room. And I think initially. I don't want to say it's a twist because the fact this guy's put into the room and he starts going on this monologue. Yeah, yeah, he's like, um, he asks, uh, the main guy asks why he's doing it and he's like, well, because you've got what I want and that's her. And it's like, what you'd expect, it's petty bullshit. Yeah, he says, um, oh, when you slept with another woman, I thought she'd move on to me. Jesus Christ, you yeah. are just a nice Literally. guy. Yeah, literally... No, because I, I got the sense that... Well, it literally in the first couple of scenes in the film, she was dating him before the main guy now, but he kept on cheating on her, and then that's where she got like a complex from it. And then he got him to cheat on her. Nice guy got the main character to cheat on her himself. He told her... And he thought that was going to be the end of it and sh- she'd come back to him. And then it was all fucking stupid shit. Like, yeah, obviously the person that you, you get cheated on now, you're going to come back to the person that cheated on you before. Well, that's a level of pointlessly convoluted. Yeah, it was... For some reason, I was paying attention at the start of the film, but I <laughs> gradually, apparently, waned interest towards the end. After six hours of hostel, who would uh, who would expect that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, so this guy he's been apologised to for being captured alongside everyone else. Uh, a few mistakes by the organisation. He's given a whiskey or something to kind of say sorry. We uh, captured you with all your friends. The yeah. uh, nice guy, and then he's brought out to kill the other guy. And then it turns out the main event. They let the protagonist free. They take off his shackles, and it's kind of a fight to the death thing. Yeah, yeah. In the cell. Like a battle royale yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, the battle, for some reason, they have medieval weaponry laid about. Uh, in the first films, it was quite realistic. They had scalpels, they had drills, stuff you'd expect to see in like, yeah. torture room. In this one, they have fucking maces and flails, like the Witch King of Agmar would use. Yeah, like morning stars and shit like that. And I'm like, okay. And then, obviously, the fight to the death happens, and all that shit the fiance the protagonist quotation marks wins doesn't quite kill yeah. him see uh, but it, seemingly yeah it implies like uh, he stabs him in the like chest 
he goes down looking like, oh, he fuck, he's dead. Then the main protagonist does that whole serial killer thing of like pulling a knife out and repeatedly stabbing into the like a corpse. So you're like, oh, yeah, he's just making sure that that guy's fucking completely dead. And then you find out that those those massive chops or whatever he was doing, those massive like dagger stabs, he was cutting off the dude's tattoo to use on a scanner to escape the room. Yeah, that's another thing I want to bring up. So they have a new security system they've put in, at least in this area. I like to think they're a different organisation and they're like the moron little brother yeah that's trying to imitate but they have instead of uh, a system where you can open the door on your side and then you have to have someone else open the door they have this system where you have to scan the tattoo yeah which just got me thinking that in the second film she got the tattoo in like a tramp stamp spot how awkward would that be mate you try to scan not on even the exit not even door. that if the tattoo artist makes the fucking smallest slip up and he makes like i don't know a cat instead of a dog you ain't getting out of shit. He's stuck in there. Like, you're fucked. Literally, any small thing could happen in this, like, with that security system, to just to fuck it up. Even if like, it, if the the system's done like, yeah, this is oh, it has to be twenty eleven. Yeah, twenty eleven. I mean, even nowadays, I try to scan my milk in Sainsbury's. Occasionally, I have to do it one or two times. Yeah, the barcode won't go in the first time. A tattoo. I've got. A fair few. They're fairly intricate. The stuff that the guys have got look mildly intricate. There's no way the tattoo artist is going to be perfect every time. No. No way like in if, hell. If he does it slightly different, like one of them has the ear up, you ain't getting out. Like, there's so much stupid shit that could literally just fuck up this entire thing in a single way, and that would be it. Again, it goes back to the whole, uh, it's trying to take it to an extreme of fantasy and retaining the grittiness which it fails to do entirely what you should do is keep i said the first saw and saw does it perfectly you try to keep the grittiness as best you can yeah through the entirety you make it you know you bring it further you uh, expand upon it expand upon the law you take it out wider and wider but you try to keep it intimate as much as you can and this fails yeah the uh the guy and the ukrainian man you cut back to uh, he comes up with a plan. He rips his bed off the wall or something. And yeah. I assume he's going to bash the security guard from the cage. Uh, but instead, he dodges the taser. Yeah, grabs it off him, stuns him, and then open. he takes the keys, opens the gate for himself, and then puts the, the taser like stun rod in his mouth and just kills him. Yeah, which is, is probably the, the kind of big moment yeah. of the film. It probably, even like you get a scene where a girl suffocated with cockroaches, you get a scene where a guy's face cut off. That's probably the best point. Yeah, It's the most reserved, like the first two films. It doesn't, it shows everything, but it you don't see crappy practical effects Yeah, over it. Uh, and then he grabs the keys and runs off, leaving a girl... In Trap. the cage. Yeah. I was wondering about that. If I missed something. No, no, if no. He, he just hear her. he just fucks off. <laughs> yeah, he just runs off, leaves her to die. Uh, yeah, the the other guy. Then you kind of cut back and forth between the two of them as they run through the facility. 
Uh, the other guy starts running, and he gets shot at. He finds a gun. He starts shooting back at the security, uh, and you just get the feeling that the security here far less effective than the yeah. previous two. And that's so saying something. Yeah, the second film, the security, they won, more or less. Yeah, security in the second film won. First one, they had Star Trooper, uh, uh, Stormtrooper aim, sorry. And in this one, they, uh, I don't know. I, just Star Trooper aim works as well, Star Troopers. Yeah. Never effective. Yeah, in this film, they have that as well. Even the main kind of the Terminator-esque, he's the assassin, he gets everyone. He's shit as well. Yeah. He can't shoot for anything. He's got laser sights zooming on them. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So the main guy the main guy calls the cuts from a, a, a cell phone that he finds in like a, a room that's got like everyone's personal effects in and all that. He goes back to free the escort. Yeah, yeah. Uh, frees the escort from the side after getting his phone. Uh, calls the police. And that's where I was a bit confused because the police in the previous couple films are obviously seen as uh, in on it. Yeah. Kind of thing. And in this one, for some reason, they're not. And you got the idea that this organisation was nationwide. It was worldwide. They had everyone, governments and everything, uh, were all feeding into it. But for some reason, Las Vegas police, the least corruptible people in the world, apparently. Yep. I don't know. I just, I, for me, maybe it's pessimism. I expect the opposite of the Las Vegas police. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they very effective as well. They, they, uh, they're ready to come in a couple minutes, start driving down. And this base uh, has a classic self-destruct button a la Pink Panther 4. Yeah. I do want to. I do want to point out. Literally, as soon as he frees this escort, she is instantly killed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she is she's instantly shot. just shot in the back and then dead. And then it, main pointless. guy and creep that that managed to fucking kidnap the two Ukrainian people at the start and everyone else in this film. Uh, him and the main guy fight. Uh, the main guy chops off his arm or some shit like that and kills him. Yeah, chops off his hand next to it in, in uh, kind of a furnace. Yeah. Some sort, incinerator. And yeah, he, he does win. The main guy's a bit just rubbish, generally. Yeah. As as far as the Ukrainian guy, he turns off the power, he gets shot, which is why the... Yeah, he, uh, he, he off. kills someone with an axe while being shot in the chest with a shotgun. Fucking one-handed. I got a hand to that guard. He can take recall. I've shot a shotgun. You ain't shooting yeah. that thing one-handed. Not happening. So the the building's set to explode at this point. Um, the main or the the owner of this uh, this part of the organization he starts to drive away, but Carter, who's supposed to be dead, because you see him get stabbed in the chest and repeatedly stabbed while he's on the floor while gas is filling the chamber. He's alive and um, somehow walks into this fucking dro- uh, car park and kills the dude that's about to drive away. Takes the dude's car and fucks off. And yeah, leaves the gate shut. He's got barbed wire on the top. Yeah. He, uh, he... And so the protagonist who gets to the front, uh, who I don't think knows the facility's going to blow up. I've so 
she was just mildly annoyed yeah, the I, guy drove off yeah I uh, don't know because literally he comes uh, he, the nice guy that wants to sleep with his wife or fiance drives out of the gate gets out of the car runs locks the gate like padlocks the gate main guy is like yeah you're a dick blah 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 and then he quickly drives off while the building explodes and assuming the main protagonist dies I want to yeah I want to highlight assuming there because this film doesn't know when to fucking quit yeah with the red herrings and the twists and everything it goes back and forth no one can die in this thing I really wouldn't be surprised if they do a hostile fall where everyone's still alive every person you see murdered alive I've wrote I've got a paragraph for this last bit. So you, yeah, cut to black, as you said, and you move forward. I don't know how long it presumes. Yeah, it, it just says, says sometime later. It just cuts. All to... you see is there's an urn on the mantelpiece, which is presumed to be from the fiance. Yeah, I do want to. I do want to point out the dude's still got like cuts and shit. It looks like they've yeah. healed a little bit on his face. I mean, obviously, the funeral, what I imagined happened is like the the money from the wedding was diverted to some sort of funeral for the fiancé. Possibly. Uh, because there's an urn on the side, so it happened, clearly. Unless that just happens to be a coincidence like, and that's the that's the woman's mother's urn yeah, I, that they I keep just, around. I want to point out, what did nice guy that wants to sleep with white uh, fiancé actually go back and tell her did he go like yeah yeah we we got to we went to las vegas and uh we went to this thing where they were killing people it was weird and then he blew up oh i think they quite smartly just skip over that yeah uh, it this is this is just for me this is more like what could you possibly say to this woman that would go oh yeah we we can't go get his body so we can't technically have his ashes in this urn but we can i don't know put some cigarette ash in there you've got about four or five completely stupid things that you have to assume during this one is yeah that the guy comes up with a credible story at the start to make a funeral happen for the guy the other is that the uh, fiance manages to travel from nevada to i think it's like california that yeah he managed to travel to from Nevada to California, you're looking like a fucking cross between Two-Face, Freddy from Nightmare on Elm Street and the Leprechaun. Yeah. You have to assume that. He travels on a presumably Greyhound bus because I don't give a crap what you look like. Uh, and then the third presumption is that he gets to his wife without his wife freaking out around the funeral. Yeah. And they set up a torture room while the other guy's still healing his scars. And then they both decide they're going to kill and torture the best man. So ridiculous. Yeah. If they'd have shown every step of it, I'd have happily watched it. I could recommend this film as kind of a so bad it's good if they'd have shown every step of this. Yeah. Uh, logic. Because they don't. It's literally there. There. It cuts to black. It comes back again, and they're both standing in front of this fucking huge urn. And she's like, "Yeah." Uh, he's like, uh, "I wish I'd never took us to." Las Vegas and blah 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 and all that bollocks and then she's like I really don't want to be alone tonight and then he's like yes I'm getting my end away so he's fucking sweet and then she turns around and is like just so you know uh, I, I know yeah I know the guy's still alive and then like sticks yeah. a wine cork in his hand yeah he puts a corkscrew fucking through his hand and like 
nails him to the fucking chair. And then the fiance, the, the main protagonist, comes up from behind him. And he's. This leprechaun, Nutman Elm Street looking motherfucker. Yeah, it looks like he tried to be a Freddy Krueger cosplayer, but only got about a quarter of the way, maybe. I want to point out here Freddy Krueger, not from the classic robert england version no from uh 1980s more 2010s and he failed at that yeah and then he gets like a like a hedge trimmer maybe like an electrical hedge trimmer and literally just he moves it towards the t- uh, the, the camera and then it that's the end so it's yeah in, in, in it fades to black as he's kind of strapped into a chair and being trimmed away as they've set up this torture room for some reason uh, Christ knows why with all these different uh, implements if they're just going to immediately kill him yeah like I, was it sequel baiting I, I don't know I, you know I don't want to know maybe but I'm trying to figure out why his fiance was just like oh you came back you're heavily scarred yeah let's kill him yeah I really want to see that conversation like, as well between the fiance and the oh my god what the hell do you look like if my fiance come up to me horribly scarred and said I need you to kill my best man with me I think I'd half go you know I'd go to the police I'm alright yeah I don't you look like shit you look like garbage bags been set alight but yeah baseline concluding here it was uh, terrible and made absolutely no sense yeah yeah again I enjoyed it just because I like fucking car crashes of films. I like seeing films that are supposed to be... Like, I'm looking on, like, forums and shit right now, and it cost them eight million to make this. What? Yeah. And I'm like, just next time, just give eight million away. You'd probably be better off. Give it to charity. Give it to anything. Give it to Amnesty International or something. But yeah, it, oh, it cost them eight God, give it to, to whoever this watched this film. Uh, I'm looking on Rotten Tomatoes at, at the moment. Uh, oh, I know. It was like 16%. It was awful. Oh, no, no, no. Not... It's got 67% from normal reviewers, like uh, paid like paid reviews. But audience like, score the is actual 19. Criti- yeah. Critic reviews. Critic correct. review is 67%. Dear God. Yeah, I mean, the audience have got it. How could you... 60% of people in the critic audience found this good. Yeah. That's terrifying. Uh, Right. So, (laughs) before I get really angry, finish off which of the three of these films, if any, would you recommend watching? Which are worth... If they were, say, on at 12 o'clock and you had nothing better to do, would you recommend any of them? I'd recommend one, and if anyone was like, really, would you only recommend one? I'd be like, I'd watch one, and the last maybe ten minutes of two. And if you're up, if you like shit boom B movies like I do, then definitely watch the third. Do not watch the first and second. Just watch. Yeah, I'm not sure I quite agree with you on the third one. I think it's just it's less fun. It's more just miserable. Definitely watch the first one if you're into horror movies, uh, gore porn stuff of the early 2000s. It's acceptable. It's perfectly fine. There are definitely better ones out there. 
yeah. that's your thing. Yeah, are there any other ones you'd recommend before watching this? Oh yeah. Um my personal like favourites from not maybe maybe it's a similar genre, but it's not exactly the same. I I've already said it. One's Dead Snow, which is amazing. It's funny, it's got the little bit of horror in it, it's it can have a laugh and a joke with you and obviously Dead Snow too, because if you're going to watch the first one, watch the second one. Um, yeah, they're both gore porn classics. Yeah. To an extent. They're, they're really well written. I think that's the thing with gore porn. It's like parody and song. You need to have a good product before you add in the uh, extremes, yeah. before you add in the selling point. Because you've got films like, for me, Saw, which I, I do appreciate. I do respect and I do like to an extent Green Room with Patrick Stewart if you're looking for gore porn that's great that's a modern one Wolf Creek is an Australian one which is very good with a good villain very much gore porn not the second one but the first one it's great and that's what you're really competing against yeah in that point there are so many in the early 2000s I mean you got stuff like Human Centipede as well Mm. I think I I found this disappointing more than anything because I've been told time and time again that this was a classic of the gore porn genre. You hear so often that this is amazing, this is great, or at least that this epitomises gore porn. Yeah. And then it turns out to be crap. Not even that gory, not even that consistently uh, yeah. upholding a horrific uh, mindset. I've got a, another one that's not really gore porn but uh, I guess it's a good film that's sort of similar is uh, Battle Royale yeah the Japanese Hunger yeah. Games thing yeah like yeah yeah it's great don't 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 waste your time with the Hunger Games don't waste your time with any of that shit <laughs> just just watch this one literally ten times better yeah but, uh, yeah there you go so in terms of Hostile first one Definitely watchable if you're into gore porn stuff. Second one, the last half, probably the best part of the trilogy, and the third one, avoid unless you, unless you can tolerate crap films more than I can. So this was Seventh Circle of Film. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.